What are you ready for? To record, for fuck's sake. Let's get this done with. Over and done fault. with. Aren't you all full of spunk? What time is yeah, there? Like, I think I'll get a drink. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. What did you get? I got a smear of ice. So I good. see you've been drinking a good bit of those lately. <sighs> All right. Back to my roots. <laughs> okay, motherfucker, go on. Nitro is the glory. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast with your host tonight, Keenan White, aka Lefty the Great. And if you are unlucky, the Finnish village idiot, JQ. This is the RC Podcast with no name, but plenty of content. So sit back, relax and get ready for some serious bench racing. Yes, indeed. Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode, I guess this is episode 92. We do have a 91, but somebody somebody's audio was so bad, I haven't even bothered to put it up. But we did do it live. I'm not going to, we're going to get into that a little bit here in a minute. But welcome to episode 92. Uh, I know we kind of went on a little bit of a hiatus here for the last week and a half. I uh, I do apologize for that. Some real life came up. I'll talk about that here in a minute. Nothing too serious. I hope everybody has been all right. Uh, we got Joseph in the line. What's going on, Joseph? How you doing? I'm fine. How about that? I'm just well, fine. you're so full of energy. What time is it over there in Finland right now? It is 11.03 p.m. I know. We've been, we've been trying to record since last week. It's... It's now uh, Tuesday at 4 p.m. for me, and we were supposed to be recording this morning. But then I kind of called you up. I was like, Joseph, I hit you up. I said, Joseph, man, I got I to gotta take my daughter to get analysis and all this type of stuff. I can't. So now we're recording. So thank you. I appreciate it. Um, before we go on any further, uh, I want to shout out and say thank you to all of the NNRC squad from around the world. Without you guys, none of this is possible. Thank you for the support. Shout out to all the patrons on Patreon. Um, I appreciate you guys' support. Uh, I do have a giveaway coming up for you guys, actually, too. Uh, so I'm just trying to figure out. I got That's what I got in trouble for the other day, was saying giveaway or raffle in the um, in the uh, Patreon thing. And that's why I, I found out that's why it's called a waffle sale now. Didn't know that. Did not know that. So shout out to all my patrons on Patreon. Thank you guys for your support. If you guys wish to become a patron, you can uh, find it in the written description. Shout out to all of the awesome companies that decide to support us and sponsor us. They are RCMX, Techno RC, Beach RC, JQ Racing, USA, International, whatever. All of JQ Racing. Shout out to all my JQ Racing family around the world. Papa Willie's Traction Tonic. Uh, Manscaped.com. Remember, cut through the jungle and find your manhood. Use that... Uh, Use that promo code, save you some money, and you help uh, you know, help the podcast out. Also, shout out to Rob's Oil for all of your AMS Oil products. Wally Builds, and of course, JQ Threads. Not just a, comp- a clothing company, a company providing opportunities. What's going on, Josie? How you doing? We already covered this. I'm fine. I know. You're fine. You know, 
I'm, it's so it's so good to hear you like your mic sounds really good now you know the other episode that we did your live with you i don't know man. we can't give you put give you too much attention all at once because why, why don't you tell everyone why it sounds better now oh so anyway so joseph all right before we go on any further <clears throat> check out episode 91 it's a live joseph audio was crap right live yeah, we, we did, did the live. live. Me, you, and yeah, me, you, and um, and Toby. Oh, oh yeah. Remember, you started acting the ass near the end. That, but that's nothing normal, nothing abnormal for you. Okay. So, Joseph, I'm like, something's not right here. Like, Joseph, we 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 took out yesterday. I was like, Joseph, let's figure out your microphone. So we're trying to figure it out. Like other things are happening, like in the um, preferences, the system preferences and stuff, and like. Man, this microphone is supposed to be good. Like I'm reading, it's a Rode microphone. I have Rode products. I use Rode products, and all the things say this it's microphone like automatically is adjusting the levels on yeah. my computer, and we can't get it to stop. That's what we were trying to address, but yes, it never sounded good. To, yeah, it never sounded good, and I'm like, this thing sounds like shit. It's picking up everything. Like I, oh, so our last podcast that we done. I had to do so much post editing for your for your shitty audio, dude. It was amazing. <clears throat> so I wasn't really looking forward to even recording with you, to be honest. So, uh, excuse me. Uh, we got that figured out, and you know what it was? It was like it took me telling you, "Look, man, put that." You go, "I'm going to take this microphone back." I was like, "Yes, no, no." Put it in the put it. No, 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 no. Okay. It took it took that for you to really figure out what was going on wrong. You was starting to look at other microphones. You was packing this one up. And then you go, hold on. I think I figured it out. <laughs> Fucking Captain Science Mode right here. The, the, the Oracle of RC setup right here. The man who freaks out <laughs> over a corner of a banner not being taped up properly or something being off by half a millimeter. But... Something on his car can be have ten millimeters of slop, Mister, Mister Anal for everything but himself. JQ was talking into the wrong part of the mic, <laughs> <laughs> and you tried to you tried to take credit for me no, figuring no, no, out no, that no, no, the no, mic was people. the wrong way. Yes, you did. You draw. I told I you. I, you never told. You never mentioned. Hey, by the way, these microphones are directional. Maybe just check that it that it's the right way around. Hey, you never you know ever mentioned that. You know what? So sorry. You I can't sent take you plenty of videos. I was like, Joseph, something. You're not talking into this mic properly. You got to learn. No, you never said technique. that. Oh my! No, God. The only See? thing you said, you asked how closely. I'm like, I can't be any fucking close. I'm really close right now. Still sounds shit. Yeah, well, I was close. On the wrong oh side of the god. microphone oh my god you was talking into the ass end of the microphone so basically yeah. it was picking up everything that was coming off bouncing the, off the in wall, front of yeah. you and you're sitting in it you're sitting back like trying to be all cool and you can barely, no one can barely hear you but i'm glad we figured it out because that you know yeah it sounds great now and it's good to talk to you now we just need some soundproofing here in the room Something. I know you're getting all serious. See, it's this is a hobby in itself. You know the yeah. the audio and sound and video and all that stuff. It's uh, it's pretty addictive. And it's like anything. The more you spend, the better it is. So yeah, man, I I kind of signed off last week. Oh man, I was just hectic. 
<clears throat> I was pretty much on the road every day last week driving around and driving in this country is man, you do a hundred you do 150, 170 miles here, it feels like you drove five hundred somewhere else because it's just it's, you know, it's it's hard driving here. So basically, <clears throat> like last week was a lot of stuff for my daughter because we're getting her UK passport. So I had to get her Dominican passport. We had a we had a um a appointment for that last Monday, then had to do something Tuesday. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then her allergies are acting up again. So we had to go over to Santiago and spend the day there. The allergist. Uh, just been it's been hectic and I haven't I completely zoned out of Facebook, RC, um what's going on in the world. I just did I just wasn't into anything like that. So yeah, I barely even talked to you, Joseph. What have you been up to? I've been very busy. I'm very busy working on RC world domination. Uh yeah, you haven't even been told haven't even we haven't even spoken about much like we wasn't even going to record this afternoon but we are so a lot of this is kind of on the fly so i'm learning stuff uh for the first time as well rc world domination you definitely sound like pink in the brain down there in your laboratory well, do you remember back a while ago when we did the whole lefty for if my president and then yes of it course. was going good and there were already a how many followers did we have on the Facebook page? Do you remember? It was quite a lot. It was like 700. And then uh, people were commenting, they were liking it, they were messaging they, with their ideas. So clearly there was some interest in this idea that maybe our IFMAR should be doing something to grow the hobby. You know, updating formats, getting new people into the hobby, exposing the hobby to new more people. Like, IFMA should be doing this. This is the whole point of a federation. And they aren't doing anything. So let's vote in a good president who can shake things up. That's where the lefty for president came along. We tried to reach out to IFMA, get some IFMA people on the podcast, talk to them, see what they, they are thinking, what, what are the future plans. Nothing. Silence. Radio silence. No way to get in touch with them. No communication. Uh, and they actually ended up getting the Facebook page deleted. Everything. All content, everything. So. That was so, the end of it, right? No, it wasn't. Yeah, that was the beginning. See, <laughs> they basically oh, declared gosh. war. Oh, Lord, here's the they deal. declared no, war. Yes, here's the thing, here's the thing. We need to improve RC racing as a hobby. We've covered this so many times. There's too much competition with esports and this and that. There's too many distractions. RC isn't the cool thing anymore. Kids aren't growing up and dreaming of racing RC cars. It doesn't happen anymore. It used to because it used to be cool. It's not cool anymore. We need to change. We need to evolve. We need to make this cool. IFMAR is the entity that needs to do that. IFMAR is the governing uh, global federation of everything, the hobby, that what we do. They should be on the forefront of 
growth and change and everything positive about what we do. And they do jack shit. They don't do anything. They aren't even interested in listening to new ideas or working with people who are clearly passionate about moving this hobby, hobby forward, right? They aren't. So we have to show them. So, so what's yeah. the what's this we plan? Are gonna show what's them? going on? I did see we a are post gonna show them. on the JQ yeah. Racing post that I didn't Once make, again, by the way. Know a lot of people in the industry. Know a lot of people that have the same sort of ideas and vision for what should happen in the industry. Got together and figured out a plan. International Federation of Scale Motorsports. That's going to be a thing. Now, it's not going to be something that directly competes with IFMA. It's not going to be a IFSM world championship for every class. No, that's not the idea. The idea is that IFSM is the federation that IFMA should be. And there are basically two options for what's going to happen. Well, obviously, IFSM is going to be do a fantastic job. Like that goes without saying, right? <laughs> But the, well, let, it's, it's, the result it's of that, done. so let's just the, let's the just, result of that great job. There's two two different results. One, either Ifmar is because of this, this pressured and uh, sort of pressured and I'm looking for the right word. It's not manipulated, but sort of change change in ifmar will happen due to ifsm let's put it that way due to this example of what ifmar should be it influences change within ifmar or the second option ifmar just becomes obsolete because the people involved with this new federation uh start working with efra for example and then the efra is really the only Sort of other, EFRA is really the main federation in the world. They, I think they sort the of control one. everything. IFMAR is just yeah. literally this uh, international federation of men arranging retreats. They don't really do shit. EFRA does everything at the end of the day. So the key is really to create something that adds a lot of value to the world of RC racing. Have it be an international federation. And eventually work with Efra, and that's it. Boom. See you, Ifmar. So either they change or they are replaced. That's what's going to happen. And based on previous experience, they aren't going to change. <laughs> so, I, yeah, we just announced it here. And this isn't some JQ Federation. It's not me. I don't want to have anything to do with that shit. I just want to race. That's but I want to race in a in a hobby that is growing and it's healthy and we have professional racing you know all this stuff that's what i want this is just one part of that someone just has There's to you know, be part. the spark once again that's it there's always parts so we have the ismf international scale no. motorsports federation no ifsm international federation IF of scale motorsports okay if International Federation of Scale Motors, IFSM. It was actually pretty funny because a guy is making the website now. And mm -hmm. uh, the template that was used was like some cooking, <laughs> a 
of some cakes and bakery oh, stuff. Oh, so I saw, I saw. Yeah, so said something left me. So I just, I just posted like a picture, like I can't remember what I wrote on Instagram, but then people were actually so curious that they had found it. They had found this website uh, that's kind of work in progress. So <laughs> they were just laughing about all, all right. the cakes and stuff on the on the site. No, I've I've learned about this funny. the inf, the I, I, IFSM. IFSM. Uh obviously, but I, I haven't really we haven't really sat down and talked about it. What's first up for ISFM? IFSM, sorry. First first up is to to create it. It doesn't exist. It needs to exist. And the, the whole idea is to find find all the people in the industry that are aligned with this way of thinking. Like I said, it's not here to replace IFMA. Then same world champ IFMA will still control all the world championships and everything as normal. There won't be a sort of second world championship to try and compete with them. That's not the idea. There's only room for one federation. But th what this is doing is creating something for the industry that's positive, a, a central hub, a location for all information. When new people come in, where do they go? How, like if you, if you meet someone and they're like, Hey, I want to get into RC racing. Where do they send, where do you send them? So they get all the information they need. There's no real good place for that. That's what a federation should be. If you want to get into this hobby, you need to know everything about it. All the different racing classes that there's professional racing and hobby level racing. All the tracks, all the shops, all the key industry brands and companies and everything. Just all information in one location. And then that's perfected so it's it caters to everyone's needs. That's something that needs to be built. And it can be built if people cooperate. All sort of race calendars and race uh, all these sort of live RC and my RCM, all these uh, timing companies and race organizers and the pages where you enter the and can enter enter races and all of this like streamline streamline everything make it easy for people work together it's possible so something someone has to be sort of organizing that and making it happen everyone's just doing their own thing right now it needs to be brought together that's the idea so that's the first task of IFSM. Sweet. I can't wait. I can't wait to even see the logo when it comes out. Uh, when can I see that? I don't know. I don't think there is a logo. Uh, we gotta, we gotta work on that, man. Got, can't have it. Can't have uh, IFSM and no logo. Yeah, I'm not too worried about that. I have my own own <laughs> shit to worry about. So you have been busy, um, not too too busy, because you have managed to trigger a few people on on Instagram. Like you have no barely any followers on Instagram, but you managed to trigger some people. And um, I, I meant to ask you about this on your Instagram. You put a video up of uh, of the RC race or J Concepts video. What was you complaining about? Sit people sitting around in lines, waiting in lines. Yeah, people standing in line. I mean, it's it's so stupid. <laughs> You must have been incredibly bored to go cut that out, put it up there. 
and post that. I just happened to see it. It was just so like a perfect, perfect clip. Here we are at the Mugen Challenge, and let's see what Rivkin is up to. Then walk up to Rivkin. Yeah, I'm standing here. The line is about 30 minutes right now. I'm like, fuck this. That's it. And I'm like, I'm going to post this. It's so stupid. It is so stupid. I mean, just think about it. Rivkin goes goes there with his new boyfriend. Uh, what's his call? What's, what's his name? Not the his guy boyfriend. that's the hanging out. Jackson Brunson, right? So, pro racer and, uh, I don't know, sponsored racer. Go there together. Pro racer, racy, sponsored racer. I'm going to not race so I can help you. He only raced e-buggy. So, imagine how okay. it is for some random guy that just wants to go race. And he doesn't really have a mechanic. Like, how is he going to do that? How do you do that shit? It, it's hard enough to go racing and then they just practice free for all. It's such bullshit. It's intimidating to go there. It's, if, imagine you're a young kid, you first race, you don't really know exactly what's going on. Then just people standing in line, cutting in line, running twice, all this bullshit. You need a mechanic. You need someone to help you. You stand in line for 30 minutes. Then you go up there and flame out in the first lap and you had some friend throw you down, but then he was busy and he left and then you fucked. You just stood in line for 30 minutes. You did half a lap and you flamed out and there's no one to get your car. You walk down, get the car, start it up and then your time's over and switch and go back in line. It's such bullshit. There's no excuse for it. Let's just make it easy and fun for people. It's easy. Just make heats. Make like people write down their names on heat sheets or you print heat sheets like come do something it's all been done before having people stand in line is lazy completely unacceptable where have you been for the last few months jq i haven't Why? seen you this fired up in so long yeah i'm just really tired of all the bullshit i can tell i can hear it in your voice it's really really extra passionate this week extra Extra salty. Extra salty. Like Salty Joe likes it. So you want to get into, uh, you want, uh, you know what? Lines, man. People like to wait in lines. We're waiting in lines. No one likes Banks to now. wait in line. I know. Uh, and there's no I don't, excuse. Zero. I know. We have to do it her um, banking. Well, my wife does, not me, because I don't have any banking. <clears throat> waiting in lines. Lines. Bullshit. Lines. And I just have to go, too, because someone has to look after my daughter and... So I just drive around with her and we do that. So, yeah, that was my week. Your week was cre creating RC dominance, domination in your lab. Not week, it's been months. I know, but we were talking about it this week. Um, no racing for you in the upcoming future, correct? No racing. All right. Well, you know what, man? I think we should go into some of the Manscaped RC news. What do you think, Joseph? Why not? I don't know. Yeah, why not? Joseph, have you gotten your lawnmower 3.0 yet? No. Did you go to www.manscaped.com, use promo code no name in all caps, and save 20% on your order? Oh, but you did. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I thought you sent me one. I, I tried. I, I used that money. On LED lighting. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> so do your ad read, get it over with. But I do hope you do get one, man. The point of it is like for you to buy one, use the promo code, no name, all in caps, save 20% off your other free shipping. Come on, guys, man. Manscaping is the new thing, man. Got to keep that lower area, that groin area, all, you know, all froggy and, and, and you know, hairless. Trust me, it irritates at first, but you'll get used to it. You'll thank me later because you'll feel so fresh, especially with this new kit that comes with the lawnmower 3.0, the electric Nick free trimmer for your nuts. You get some bowl deodorant, bowl mo moisturizer, some awesome uh, manscaped boxers, a t-shirt, and an awesome carrying case. So go to www.manscaped.com, buy yourself a lawnmower 3.0 kit, and use the promo code no name in all caps to save 20% and cut through that jungle and find your manhood. Oh, I like that one. That was pretty good. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. All right, Joseph. Some news. So let's see. Are you there, Joseph? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> did you? I'm muting did you, blow you because I'm working. Did you blow your wad? No, I'm working. Science mode. No, stop working. This is your work right now. All right, first off, Thomas Musso left Seismic. Surprise. He's with uh, Seismic for a very yeah, long time. Yeah, they were kind of back buddies, so I, I thought they <laughs> would stay there. Um, we'll talk about Drake and Cav. Did you watch any of the Hearts Live uh, RC Racing TV event there? And actually, the you know, that, this is funny. I was actually, I think yesterday or the day before, I was like, there was some RC race I wanted to watch. What was it? I couldn't remember. Now you reminded me. That's it. So no, yeah, I didn't. Well, it was, okay. So it was Clancy first, Callum Niblet second, Simon Reeves third, Carl Jackson, Taro Craddock. Seems like all the young, young uh, UK racers. I honestly, I will be, I would, did not watch this. So I it seems like bit. the turnout wasn't great then. Well, I think they could, they were limited to numbers, and Nemo had a race oh, that yeah. same day. Yeah. So Nemo had a race, and Nemo actually probably had the better turnout of skill drivers because they had Lee Martin first, John Skidmore second, I think it was John, and Graham Aslop, a.k.a. Sloppy. I don't know which Skidmore. It might have been John. It might have been William. I can't remember, uh, and I can't bring it up right now. So yeah, they can only have like 60 entries, I think, at a race. So each race is limited. <clears throat> but you know what? That actually makes it for a great for great events. Nemo and Hearts can both have races on a Sunday. And people who are close to Nemo can go race there. And people are race to Hearts and go race there. Both tracks make some money and people get in and out on a comfortable race. See? It, doesn't that make some sense? What? Which part? Will you shut the fuck up and listen to me for a second? I'm listening. I didn't understand what you said. Yeah, you don't understand nothing. Bring the heat at Flowwood. <clears throat> uh, some of the Texas lads made it over there, and Jared Wiggins made it there. It looked like uh, Little Chicken, Jonathan Reeves. I believe he won Nitro Buggy <clears throat> with Wiggins in second, I want to say. And... Um, Wigan second, 
Dylan Caldwell third and hot sauce fourth. He's hot sauce, man. He didn't look too happy. He's like, I said, hey, got to get ready for Southern Nats, man. Southern Nats is coming up here soon. So congratulations to Flowood and I bring the heat. Um, <clears throat> okay. We did have the summer sizzler this weekend. Um, unfortunately, it didn't have a big turnout. Uh, the people that went, they had fun. Uh, we'll probably talk more about the summer sizzler on the call-ins this week because we're probably going to have uh, Wally in and we'll talk about Surf City Classic as well. But yeah, to everybody that went out to the summer sizzler, I'm glad you had fun. Unfortunately, it didn't get a big turnout, but um, hopefully it makes uh, changes for the Blue Ridge Nationals. Joseph, speaking of Surf City, did you get to see any of it? No, I haven't watched any. I don't even know who let's won. See. Yeah, let me let's bring up some uh let's see bring up some results for, for real quick. I think your buddy did pretty good. Hashtag not a criminal. Matthew Gonzalez. It's hashtag born a crime. Yeah, born a criminal. Born a crime. Born, born a crime. Okay. Yeah. Get it right. Shut up. You're supposed to come on, Joseph. Man, you're supposed to help me out with all this type of stuff. You're supposed to be like a James. You are supposed to be well. prepared. Well, you know, I was prepared this morning, but then I had to go. So for those who don't know, Matthew Gonzalez is like, I don't know, like, I don't even know actually if his parents or parent is Mexican or Mexican, Mexican. Let's just say Mexican heritage, okay, to make it easy. Well, so he's I was always of Latin heritage. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Latin, but I'm just assuming Mexican. So, um, anyway, so we were racing at OCRC, and I was we're always messing around, and I always I always said that he's he's born a crime, like he's born to to illegals. <laughs> so he's born a crime. Like that was the joke. And then it was funny because <laughs> I I think he, he told me at some point, you know, my, my dad or some something like my dad really doesn't like you for whatever reason. I can't remember now. Something he had seen mm -hmm. online, probably. And then it was funny because then I met his dad and it was just so funny. <laughs> just the whole situation. What happened when you met his dad? That made nothing, so nothing. No, everything is fine, but it was just funny. I'm like, oh, you're Matthew's dad. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Well, it looks like he came second in two-wheel drive stock and four-wheel drive. Then he had one main. Interesting. Was he racing stock again? Yes, he was. I'm gonna have to message this guy. Yeah, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to put him in his place, Joseph. Yeah. Can't be running stock at at your home track almost. Hmm. Come on, Matthew. So, what was that result? Oh yeah, hold on. Looks like the only um race single mains. That's how they do it. All right, let's okay. Mayfield, Ringler Knick, four wheel drive. Okay, Hobby Wing Mod, four wheel drive, A main. Mayfield, Rinder Knick, Aiden Horn, Brock Champlin, Spencer Rivkin, Dustin Evans, Rob Gillespie, Cav, Blake Champlin, and Tommy Hins. Do they still only uh, oh J.P. Richards, Ron Duvall. Wow. That's a Who, who, who won the B-Main? Who was BQ? Uh, one second. There we go. Blake Champlin, Tommy Hines. Oh, so uh, they Harley, I guess. Yeah. So who was the third? 
Harley Yoshi. I actually think that's a really cool name. Harley Yoshi? Yep. Nice. Uh, let's see who won two-wheel drive. You got all excited talking about OCRC and, uh, and, and 10 scale, Joseph. Whatever. Team Losi Racing Mod Buggy. Brock Chaplin, Aiden Horn, Spencer Rifkin, Dustin Evans, Cavallari, Ron Duvall, Rinderkinick, Tommy Hines, Ryan Mayfield, Galepsi, Richards, and Frank Root. Wow, we're seeing a generational shift here. Oh, yeah. Those young guys, man. Yeah. Those young guys are coming in. And Cham uh, Champlins and Horns and who else was it? Yeah. Well, that's, the Horns come from a racing family. Like their dad races and all the brothers race. And they're good. How many Horns are there anyway? I don't know, but whoever knows how many Horns are out there, please let me know. I, we should... Was there the one podcast. horn in these results? I yes, Aiden Horn. He okay. was in both results. And then there's two champions. Yeah, well, there's Block, Brock, and Blake. Yeah. Yeah. We're seeing some good stuff coming. We're starting to see these young guys saying, yeah, so fuck you, was we're Cab coming. in the main or what? Yes, he was in both mains. But he was like, uh, hold on. Um, Cav was... Fifth in, in um, two wheel drive, and I think it's like ninth in um, four, -wheel. four wheel drive. Okay. Um, let's see. Eighth. Yeah. Times mm -hmm. are changing. Times are changing. Times are changing. Most definitely. Most definitely. All right. The couple other big things i want to talk about her uh okay let's talk about because like this was a big deal last week drake and cavalry at jbrl thunder alley on the wall uh what's his name jason snyder did an interview with both of them yay or nay on this i'm saying yeah fuck it i'm gonna punt cav over the wall if i can yeah look we saw comments going everywhere. I have a lot to say about this, obviously, but I'm going to okay. try and keep okay. it short. Number one, why was Cavalieri driving like he was driving a S-Works two-wheel drive? He's normally more punched than that. Come on. What was going on? Why did he let Adam catch him? What the hell? He was putting around the track like I was driving. Like, last lap, I'm getting nervous. I'm going to take it slow and case every jump. What was that about? That's the first thing that really struck me. Go back and watch. He cases that stupid double in the middle two laps in a row. I, I just don't get it. Like, go for it. I know it's only a glorified club race, JBRL. All the more reason. Just fucking punch it and dominate and win. Uh, that part I didn't understand. He was way too timid in the end. Okay, that's my first point. Second point. The first incident was just dumb. That's like... That's, there is such a thing in this... In RC racing known as the Drake love tap. Now, Drake has a lot of psychophants like... They, they never see anything negative Adam does. But we all know 
that Adam is a bit on the aggressive side on the track. You know, some would even say that he's a bit of a hack. But the thing about Adam is he has a technique that he uses. And it's called the Adam Drake love tap. And what he does is he kind of nudges you a bit in the corner. But he times it so he nudges your rear tire as you're accelerating. So, so it means you'll either spin out or if you react, you kind of save it, but you lose drive. So it's, a, it's not a nice technique, but it works. You know, it's you a gray in, area. It's a gray area. Yes, it's it's like it's not a full takeout because you end up taking yourself out if you if you sort of get frustrated and just punch it. But whatever happens, you lose time. So it's like it's this annoying thing, like getting nudged in nudged in corners and stuff. Well, this was like a failed attempt at this. He was just a bit too ambitious with this nudge and ended up under Cavallari's wing. So it's like that's just. I mean, I wasn't surprised. Let's put it that way. Uh, then the marshal did a horrible job, but it's, you know, you can't blame the marshal for anything. He, he should have just put Cavalieri first and Adam second, but you can't, I'm not mad at the marshal at all. I, so, yeah, so Cavalieri was driving too slow. It was expected that something rough would happen, and I don't think Adam wanted to end up under the wing, but I'm not surprised. And then the move on the wall, 100% fine. There is no problem with that. Cavalieri left a gap and Adam went for the gap. And then they sort of locked wheels and tangled and slid to the edge of the wall and crashed and then just continued. That's fine. In my eyes, Adam won the race. Everything's okay. Had, had there been no gap for a car and he would have just winged Cavalieri again like he did it before the whoops, then definitely... He should have let Cavalieri get ahead and win the race. And if that would have been the case on the wall, that Adam had winged Cavalieri from the rear and still won the race, then he should have been given a penalty, which would have demoted him to second place and Cavalieri should have won. That's clear. But as it happened now, I don't see anything wrong with it. It's fine. It's racing. It's like, yeah, grow a pair, you know? I like that to was see worse. That. Yeah, I was like, I like to see that too. That was way worse than what Cav got penalized for at the 2016 Worlds. Well, yeah, another penalty I don't agree with. Because again, it was... That a, was way that, fucking that, worse. Yeah, that was a case where he, he just had a better line and jumped to the inside, just going across the line, and they were side by side and touched. Like, that's racing. You shouldn't penalize that kind of stuff and just invent some, oh, one second. What the fuck is that? How do you give someone a one-second so penalty? Like that is ridiculous. I think yeah. I think the upper the upper echelons don't like Cav too much. No, I don't think it has anything to do with that. But anyway, yeah. so that yeah, that's my take. Uh, I'm. You know what? <clears throat> um, go for it, man. If it was yeah, me, but if you it know, was me, I'm gonna take. I'm taking you out. I'm going for it. I I just had to laugh. I saw the I saw that interview with uh mm -hmm. cavalieri and and drake by what's his face jason snyder snyder <laughs> this is like it's so funny i know both these people right both were like so full of shit in that interview cavalieri is the worst loser with the worst attitude i can just only imagine how mad he was and the things he said and his reactions in the pits right 
And he comes on there and says, oh, it's just racing. Everything's fine. Like, blah, 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 like super polite and everything's just fine and dandy. Right. So, I mean, that's completely not true. I mean, I, I understand we all sort of calm down at some point. So there's some legitimacy to it. But but still, like, that's not who he is as a person. He hates to lose. Adam, he's all like Mr. Nice Guy. I'm a class act, you know, I never rub anyone the wrong way on the track or hit anyone. Like I was like, I should have probably waited like all like apologetic and fuck that. It's just fake. It's so fucking fake. Like I said, Adam Drake love tap. It's a technique. Watch him. Go and watch him. Go watch him in practice. Blow some redneck in a truck off the track, you know, because he's blocking him. Just watch like. It's not tr real. It's not like I'm, it's just, so, I just had to laugh because I know both of them and they were both like the opposite of what they actually are when they are on the track. I don't mean to say that they aren't nice guys. They're both nice guys, but I just mean the mentality when you're racing and how bad you want to win and what you do and these kind of things, you know, it's just, it, that's not like the way they were talking in that interview for both of them was the opposite of how they actually are. And I was just laughing. To me, it was just hilarious. Yeah, I understand that. I, you know? Yeah, I, oh, I have so nothing funny. wrong with that. But, you know, like, this is, this is, I wish one of them would be like, yeah, fuck you. Like, you fucking took me out. Like, yeah, be like, yeah, be like, more like Mayfield. I'll throat punch that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That was like, yeah, that's, that's honesty. That was, that wasn't even in the moment. I was in the pits, like. Interviewed by Jason, I think, or someone. I can't remember. No, it was it was right on the driver's stand, I believe. No, that was in the pits, I think, the throat punch thing, wasn't it? Mm, no, not sure. Not sure. All right. Last little bit of news before we got onto some beach RC questions. And this just happened today. Um, and I want to talk to you about this. And most people probably... We've heard, we've mentioned his name before because he used to drive JQ and you're really good friends of him and his family and <clears throat> but Majube Ryan Majube is the other brother even racing anymore? It doesn't seem like it. But uh, I think he works Kyoto? for Seismic actually. The other brother. Ah okay. Yeah. Uh, Ryan is the older brother or younger brother of the Majube brothers. Younger brother. Okay, so Ryan has joined Sworks from Kyosho to Sworks. I know you want to say something about this and I kind of understand what you want to say and I kind of agree with you. What do I want to say? I don't know what I want um, to say. It just seems like, all right. So I remember when we, we saw this, uh, we was in another group and the person goes, fuck, how much money does, does S-Works have? Like, and I kind of get into the point like I'm like, I don't think this guy is paying for kits, right? He's not well, like, he left well, I know, I know that he left Kyosho because they wouldn't pay for his travel. So if he joins S-Works, then I would assume he gets all, everything free and he gets some travel paid for like Euros, Worlds, some European level races. Like he has some sort of travel budget plus free stuff. I can't see him leaving Kyosho otherwise. Dude, how many of these young guys does S-Works have that they've got these promises like you they I mean just get me wrong don't get me wrong they're definitely got a stable of serious young talent 
But, I mean, like, at what point? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's like, like S-Works is the new Durango, but not quite as extreme, but still kind of new Durango. So it's going to be interesting to see how long this will last. These kind of guys like Mejubi, I, I get it's not so expensive, but mm-hmm. Cavalieri, Kanas and Boots and Neumann. Yeah, what happens to them those in 21? Four, those four drivers are getting paid. That's a lot of money right there. I don't think they're going to pay four drivers next year. I don't know, but Canas, Boots, Cavalieri, and Jörn Neumann. Guarantee they are all for a paid and travel and all the free oh, stuff. Oh, of course. That's expensive. Those are all, that's expensive. I don't think, Your like, for example, HBs couldn't afford to do that, I think. No. And most... most uh, Mugen couldn't afford to do that. Well, let's look who's so, traveling. Okay, so Canas is traveling in Spain right now. You did come to? Did he come to DNC this year? No, he didn't. Um, Cavallari is traveling around America, certain races. Boots between Italy and UK. Yorn is not really doing anything. Probably do some four, some ten scale driving. Uh, well, at the moment, but I mean, in normal <coughs> racing situation, then yeah, I don't think it's expensive. And then plus those four, they st- they have all these like Medjubi, you know, everything is free. You have some travel budget, that kind of stuff. Like how Val- they have Valente, um, Ravaglia, Medjubi, and a whole bunch of other guys that I can't remember now. You know, they have. They a definitely lot. have these. A lot of these, this this le- level of talent drivers and better. Yeah, they have stable. They, they have a lot of really good drivers. It's similar to X-Ray in a sense, but X-Ray don't have that many anymore, I think. But yeah, I I mean I like it because they are clearly into that racing thing. They are supportive of RCGP. They have a lot. They support a lot of drivers. They are building their team image with all the team clothing and all that stuff. So. I like it. I'm just skeptical about how well this will last and how well it will work. But who knows? I don't know. We'll find out. How do you feel about Majube going? Because I know you're really close with these guys. He's one of the young guys that started up with you, like him, Max, um, fuck, Irish kid. I think that, I think, I honestly think that Mitchell B is talented enough to be a top driver. Um, for him, I think he needs to just mentally want, really want to be a top driver and sort of focus on what he's doing himself. So learn setup, focus on his driving, practice effectively, properly, like practice five-minute runs, practice with a mechanic, do a 20-minute semi-final, you know. It's not about the car he runs or engine he runs or tires. It's, I think he's a bit sort of uh, like most people. He's looking outwards instead of looking inwards. The reason he isn't winning races isn't because of the equipment he runs. The reason he isn't winning races isn't because he doesn't have the sort of talent or 
skill or gift or whatever. He has everything he needs. He just needs to sit down, focus on himself and make a decision like, fuck it, I'm going to become French champion and then just practice and work on his car and setup and everything and maximize that performance of everything he has. And then he can be French champion. Savoya is fading. Um, Yannick is faded, I guess, at this point. Or fading, at least. Jerome Igon is out. Sartell is out. Who does that leave? Tom Robin. Yeah, like all these other guys, like he can beat those guys. He should be the guy now. He could and should be the guy that takes over France. Used to be Yannick Igon, then uh, Savoya took over. Now Medjubi could take over. He can, he can do that. I believe he can do that. Mm-hmm. But he needs to take responsibility for his own actions. Not look outside, not just fucking... You got S-Works, now stick with S-Works. And do the best he can with S-Works. And beat Kanas and beat Boots and beat Savoya. And become French champion and do well at European Championships and then, you know, that's it. Like, it's all up to him, I think. He lives in a good region. There's tons of tracks around. It's just up to himself how how bad he wants it. Does he want to have a 95 job and and see his friends and hang out and do this and do that and then sometimes play around with RC or does he want to, like, focus 100% on RC? It's up to him. That's what I think. Out of your three... Proteges, Max, Bradley, Majube, is he probably the the most talented of them? I would say that he was the best, yes. What made uh, him better? I think um, where he lives is a big advantage because you have so you have good weather, you can race pretty much twelve months a year. You have many different good difficult tracks. And you have a high level of skill and knowledge. So when you go, when you combine all of that, and then you have, you know, a, a knowledgeable father who is your mechanic, so your cars are good, and the father knows what he's doing, puts puts the car together well, engines are running good, and you you just drive from a young age, then that's how you become good. So I don't think like he's somehow exceptionally gifted compared to Max or Bradley, but he's the environment he grew up in was just very good for hate scale off nitro off-road but it only takes you this far that's the thing like even when he was running jq everything that was sort of quote-unquote given to him took him that far for him to go from that to the level of a savoya or a level of a yannick igon he has to make that decision himself like, fuck it, I really want this. And then work work on that. I think there are people like Ongaro, Davide Ongaro, I think. He is just so talented that he had the right people behind him, helping him, and he just drove for fun. He didn't, I, I don't think, up to the point that he won the world championships. I could be wrong, but this is my opinion. I don't think he has really wanted it bad and really worked for it. Like, really, like, fuck, ah, this is really what I want to do. Like, no, it's just, yes, he's driven a lot, but it's it's not being, being a sort of grind. Do you see what I mean? Because he hasn't needed to. 
He's so fucking good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a difference. When you aren't that good, you have to work on every single aspect of your program and then you can achieve something. But I don't think, I really don't think that he has done that. He So far, he hasn't needed to. It's like he's European champion in 10 scale, barely runs 10 scale. Some Italian dude builds a car for him. He runs it a bit. Then he's like competitive immediately, just fucking wins Euros. And he wins Euros in two-wheel drive, which is like you shouldn't even be doing good in two-wheel drive. Obviously, if you run eight-scale, it's four-wheel drive. You should do good in four-wheel drive. Why are you winning two-wheel drive European championships? It doesn't make sense. So he's that level of talent. But for most people, you have to put in that extra effort if you want to achieve that kind of success. And you know what? Even for Ongaro, if he wants to continue winning, that's what he needs to do. Unless he starts also putting in that effort now, he will fade away. Like, I'm pretty sure of it. That's how it tends to go. Yeah, I get what you mean. Like, <clears throat> a real talented America, person like... can reach that peak, but they can't maintain right. it because other people will catch up. Well, people are catching up to him in America. Like, he, he has yet to be... Okay, he won RCGP, but, uh, like, he didn't really... You know, uh, Ronnefalk and Co. were just faster. Well, Ronnefalk was for sure. <clears throat> you know, but uh, come to DNC, he hasn't won that yet. You know, or he hasn't really won. You know what I what I'm trying to say? Out of Europe, he hasn't won the European Championships yet either. So he needs to get those feathers in his cap. Cap. Um, I think that's what. Um. That's why Ronafalk's such a distinguished driver, you know, and even to even to uh, his extent, Elliot Boots because he's one of the other Europeans to come over and do well at. I oh, want he's won Silver State, so you know. <clears throat> we shall see, we shall see, man. But it's it's going to be interesting. I agree. Majube can be number one in France. He can probably even make RC a living for him. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I think a living. Could. Maybe this you motivates know. him, you know. Yeah. P PBS car, pillable car. It's, it should be good in France. French tracks. You know, maybe it motivates him. And he'll be him. lined up with donuts, I guess, now. And donuts is pretty good. So, it's too bad. You know, I, I would like to see guys like him eventually just come back to JQ Racing. And maybe put something back and help help people who are coming up now. And, um, yeah, give a little, I mean, they gave you something in that time, but give a little something back to you, but they will one day, one day. Good buddy. You know what, Joseph? I think it's time for the beach RC bench racing Q and a, what do you think? Whatever you say. BeachRC.com, the racer's one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So fill up your cart and check out at BeachRC.com today. And 
Thank you, Beach RC, for bringing the bench racing Q&A. These are questions from last week that you all sent in to us via Instagram and Facebook. To our, uh, If you want to send us a message, go to Facebook, uh, like and share our Facebook page as well as our IG page. So go and check us out and um, look for, our, for these questions that we have every week. And thank you to Beach RC, Brick and Mortar Hobby Shop. Go check them out at beachrc.com. We do have an affiliate link in the written description of this podcast. If you can use it, it would be greatly appreciated. So, Joseph, are you ready? Yep. Jay Zellner. Jay Zellner wants to know, when will Beaker come back to the USA? That's a good question, too. I actually want to know that myself. I actually have no idea because I think right now I know. Europeans aren't even able to travel to America. I know. Just thinking about that. Like, so what I think is going this to winter, it looks like I'm not going to be over in America. You're going to be freezing your nuts off in Finland. Oh, you said you might come down here too. So, yeah, we can put a little couch here in the office. You can stay here. <laughs> yeah yeah be perfect perfect i don't perfect. know next yeah. year i guess 2021 yeah i i would like to try for dnc next year yeah i think realistically that's our next big race yeah will cunningham why does the first 100 get special parts these should be available to everyone to make the cars better there were some special shock towers made that allow for more droop. I would like to give them a try. Well, Will, you are talking about the 100 group that those guys actually pay to be a part of. So it's a group of guys and they get, um, well, they were getting parts and um, to test out and try out. So I haven't really been paying attention to that. So I know they're about to get something new, right, Joseph? Yeah, I mean, it, the idea is that it's a subscription system. So if you run JQ cars and you're interested in what we are doing, plus you want to support what we're doing, then for 35 bucks a month, you subscribe on Patreon. And then you, well, in the past, it was quarterly. You, you get parts quarterly. So that's what this guy's talking about, for example. Some, some of the parts never actually go into production. So just these guys get them and we test them and then some, some of them go into production, some of them we never make, you know. So there's that. So some of those parts are actually unique and only possible to get through this program. Uh, this year we're, we're doing something different. So uh, thanks to Patreon support, uh, we are able to, well, finalize the guidebook. It's actually going to be a printed book very detailed and extensive. I mean, I haven't come across any setup guide that's goes into detail like this. So that's going to be something to look out for. And also, um, set up a YouTube studio here and been working with them on, you know, setting up the camera angles and how to do videos and all of that stuff. So they have already seen video samples and pictures and discussing what videos that we're going to be making that's going to be on the jq racing youtube channel 
and then also at the end of this year there's there's uh, some new stuff coming for them that they will exclusively get then that's not available for purchase so yeah it's just something to to work to try and uh, involve the people who are interested a bit more and yeah that's that's what that program is about so it's not that you can't the only way to be a part of it is to subscribe monthly that's it there's no other way you're muted i guess i was muted actually thank you will cunningham for the question and there is your answer if you want to know more about that um yeah contact jq or me or don't contact me i don't know yet <laughs> lucas lauren lucas has been busy dude he's been driving the trailer and truck all around the beach rc to all these different races around the southeast he was just up at the summer sizzler he is the carolina's jq team rep so if you're interested in being on the jq team check out lucas lauren j freaking q i find that i have to trim about one the 1.1 springs on my clutch shoes to not catch the other shoe does this change strength of said spring because of leverage Shorter spring, shorter spring has less leverage, requiring higher RPM to for shoe to engage. Yeah, some of the clutch shoes, that long tail, you have to cut about a millimeter off it, so because they were made a bit too long. But I haven't noticed any difference in in feel. So just yeah, you just do that. Cut the end off if needed, so it doesn't protrude outside the shoe, and you should be good to go. I pretty much always run two 1.1 and one 1.0. Awesome. Thank you. I do cut the same uh, spring as well, Lucas, when I do build nitro cars. So uh, I need to get a black edition to build now. So I guess soon come, soon come. Thank you, Lucas, for all your hard work, man. Appreciate it. Eddie Garza. What's up, Eddie? He's over there in Texas. He wants to know, when do we get a new buggy? I have that same exact question, Edward. Joseph? Uh, when there's a COVID-19 vaccine. Next question. On to our IG questions. <laughs> You're a real idiot, man. You are an idiot. Enrico Maloney, what's up, Enrico? I, he was showing me some um, cool Vespa pictures the other day uh, from his grandfather or father's collection. Brought back some memories from when I was young. Enrico also been racing this weekend, he was telling me. He says, what do you do and how do you prepare when you go to a new track as far as choosing the spot on the driver's hand, first setup change, and if to do a track walk first, etc." How about you, Joseph? Run us down when you get to a new track. What do you like to do? Um, well, I think before you go, if it's a track that has had a race there before, one, uh, watch video from the race before, see what the track was like. If, you, if there's a, there are picture galleries from a race before or from the track in general, Look at the pictures, see what the surface is like, see what traction level looks like. Speak with people that are local or that have gone to a race there before. Figure out what the track is like, what tires work and that kind of stuff. 
Then when you get there, makes sense to walk the track because you see things that you don't see from the driver's stand. So I think that the big, the benefit, the biggest benefit is actually, yeah, maybe walk the track before you drive, but especially after you've driven, because when you've driven the track, you sort of know what it's like from the driver's stand. And then you have a different perspective when you are walking it. So makes sense. And other than that, yeah, that's pretty much it. What else is there? Then you just do yeah, I definitely think after that. Yeah, I definitely think a track walk, many track walks throughout the, a couple throughout the day actually, to see how things well, are wearing, on the wearing track, down. I mean, if it's not, yeah, yeah. Well, like DNC, it changed so much. Yeah, DNC you is different because every round is sort yeah. of different, so you make sense. But some tracks are it, so well, you consistent, just, see, just stay the same, yeah. so you don't need to. It was so amazing to see all those guys just come out and watch others race that's when i knew these guys are dead serious dead serious yeah how about uh driver stands your spot on your driver stand where do you like to be on the driver stand joseph it depends on the track normally the the sort of if one side of the track is more busy then typically on that side maybe there's one section that's really tricky then on that side yeah, it depends. And also another thing to consider is sometimes there's just some area of the driver's stand where everyone kind of wants to stand. So then if you can stand somewhere where people don't really want to stand that often, most likely you can stand there for the entire race. That's also a good idea. Yeah, and then you're fighting over a spot. I would yeah. also, also, you never know where you end up on the stand too. So you might want to just get comfortable on as many spots as you can. Left, right, middle. If you can if you can do it during the race. Yeah. Thank you, Enrico. Is that all? Sorry? Yeah, that's all. Thank you, Enrico. And uh congratulations on your race this weekend. KB Wolf, Cantaloupe or Honeydew Melon, Joseph. And the first one. Uh I'm going for honeydew all the time. I like them both. Uh, he wants to know what is the difference in a carpet or a dirt kit. I assume he's talking about uh, two-wheel drive buggies. Um, I guess that carpet is lay-down gearbox, and what other parts would they change? Some some cars have different shock towers for carpet cars. Maybe diff the setup is different, different sway bars, springs, these sort of things. Like the setup itself is made for carpet. And then dirt, the opposite, basically. All the springs, sway bars, soft, or no sway bars at all, in 10 scale, two-wheel. And uh, that stand-up gearbox, or whatever mid middle version of that they have these days. So it's just... Why would you want to... Why would the stand-up gearbox be better on dirt than on... Well, I know why it wouldn't be good on carpet, but... Well, I don't know. I mean, this is how it's used to be. Maybe now the two-wheel drive cars or some brands come with the same gearbox for both. But when the motor is a bit further back, then it just adds more grip to the rear because of more weight on the rear. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's why it's been that way. But I honestly, I haven't followed. I don't know what the difference now is. But the reason is that there's a setup 
a configuration that works better on the high grip carpet and a different one that works well on the lower grip dirt. Uh, so they, they, instead of just offering one car and then people having to buy extra parts for what they run, they offer two different versions so you can get pretty much what you need for that surface in the kit. Sweet. That's what's up. That's about, well, I mean, yeah. And don't some come with, uh, well, with four-wheel drives? Some have gear diffs, some have uh, slipper or don't have yeah, they, gear diffs. You know, so. I think the dirt version has gear diff and carpet has a slipper in the middle. And I don't know what else. So you know different. what I just realized? Without you, maybe not going to America, there is no Reedy race in your future in January. Looking no, ahead. no Reedy or no 10 scale, yeah. No 10 scale hopes for you in 2021. Oh, wow. Because that's like really what gets you started in your race year. You get all excited about Reedy. I'm going to do so good. You go in like pure 10 scale snowflake mode and you're, I'm going to OCRC. I'm going to live, breathe, eat, die, shit at OCRC. And you do, and then you end up sucking, and you're like, fuck, then scale for the rest of the year. Pretty accurate, yes. <laughs> we're, not, we're probably not going to have that this year. It's going to be weird. Nope. I don't know how we're going to deal with you. I don't know. It's going to be difficult. I don't know. She's probably going to, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, thank you, everybody, for your questions. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you to Beach RC for your support. Thank you to Brent Densford and Lucas. The two guys there, well, Brent's obviously the owner. Check them out, guys. Uh, use our affiliate link if possible. Remember, showing our sponsor some love, shows the podcast some love. I'm going into the main interview with Paul Coleman, PCR. Joseph, I'm going to call you back for the stories and the rant, okay? Okay, get Paul to pay me what he owes me. Techno RC. Techno RC. Techno RC is a premium manufacturer specializing in 8th and 10th scale high-performance off-road RC buggies and trucks. Visit www.technorc.com for a complete catalog of their products. Techno RC, excellence in engineering. Hashtag Techno Takeover. Joining me this week is a man that's been in RC for a long time. He's a good friend of mine. I met him, I believe, way back in 2003. He came to Bermuda, and uh, we was uh, just some some guys running uh, running laps around a track that we built, and this was the first pro-caliber guy to ever come to Bermuda. The local hobby shop bought him in, and for us, it was the best thing ever. I think we was even running six-lap races at this time. But uh, I got to travel with him a little bit and hang out with him. And he, and it's been a long time since I've talked to him. And I've been trying to get him on this podcast for a while. He finally agreed to come on. And it's been good. You know, it's this is more, this is also a catch up because we haven't really talked for a long time. I'd like to welcome Mr. PCR, Paul Coleman. What's up, Paul? How are you? Hey, Keenan. How you doing, man? Good to talk to you. Uh, I'm so happy. Yeah, man. Um, One, I'm so happy that, like, you you're in like a professional like podcast type of studio because uh you know you just told me your wife podcasts so i can hear the quality that she has with her setup and i'm 
so stoked about that. And um, welcome, man. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Like I said, it's been a minute, and uh, <clears throat> I was uh, been away from it for a while. And when you got it in touch with me to to uh, get on it the first time, uh, yeah, I didn't know where I was really then. I didn't know if I even want to deal with RC anymore, so that's why I was kind of hesitant. And I didn't really mm-hmm. didn't know what was going on, so it took me a minute just to see what was going on. And I kind of kind of slide back into a little bit, not as fast as I would have done in my younger days but you know just 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 getting back in it so yeah i'm i'm glad to see that um for those of you who don't know who paul is uh, i've mentioned his name many times on this podcast um paul Coleman used to be offner this is back in the day when i was racing rc cars he was offner he was paul Coleman racing he used to be in all the magazines he was at this time the only black guy that i know to this day that was on a pro level rc racing with all these pro guys traveling around the world um he was he was pretty much the face of often at this time this is when often was huge like you know enormous and um well you know you also heard joseph talk about habao and hung Noor and all this stuff so that all came under the Ofna umbrella uh in california so yeah man this is him and i finally got him on i'm wanting him on other podcasts but it just didn't happen but here we got him so paul you know what man let's talk about you because um you, you grew up in texas and um you was a baseball player so let's start there well actually uh <clears throat> actually i grew up in california i was oh, born see? in yeah i was born in texas okay uh, but then when i was uh what three months old or whatever i went to play with my cousins in california so I actually grew up in California, and then in the eighth grade, I wanted to be around my uh, my real brothers and sisters, so that's when I moved back to Texas, and um, and then graduated from graduated in Texas in uh, Frankston, Texas, which is uh, outside of uh, Tyler, Texas. So a very small town, like one of those one light towns, and uh, and then I uh, got drafted. Uh, to play baseball with the Cardinals, I was uh, was going to go to University of Texas to play football and baseball, but <clears throat> I got drafted in the first round. They drafted me six overall. I was uh, the pick ahead of Frank Thomas, and uh, so I thought, you know, I better go ahead and take this opportunity, and I did, and didn't really turn out like uh, like I'd hoped it, like everyone hoped it to be. I got hurt a lot, and then. Be honest with me, when I wasn't hurting, it was just all about, you know, the stuff that the other stuff that comes along with being a baseball player, which, you know, people are getting in trouble for these days. But it's like uh, <laughs> I just didn't I just didn't take it seriously when I was playing, which is my biggest regret. <clears throat> and then, um, like I said, uh, you start getting hurt, uh, not doing the right things. And, you know, a dream goes away. Uh, and then I think that was like a 95 or 96 was a. I was on the Indian, uh, an independent team, uh, and I was going to sign a contract with the Yankees, and, and we finished that whole year, won a championship, everything was great. I took my physical and my repaired elbow from my Tommy John surgery, which had, which it was like two and a half years ago, which I thought was fine, but I couldn't pass a physical. So, uh, you know, really? that was it. That was it. Yeah, shortly thereafter, I hung up the gloves, did a little private uh, instructions, got tired of that, and then I moved to California uh, 
back of relatives that I grew up with. And then uh, one day I was, uh, actually, I take that back. I, I went to a race. I drove to the Silver State <clears throat> for the first time. And uh, I met, uh, I think I met Eustis there. Uh, uh, the other part or owner of Nitro House, Tim Bump. Mm-hmm. And I was hooked ever since then, which is kind of funny because, you know, I drove, I think it was like 26 hours or so, 24 hours or something like that. And I remember getting there and thinking, wow, this is, track is horrible. <laughs> That's when it used to be at the old junkyard. I'm like, I drove yeah. all the way for this. And that was my first race. And I didn't really know what was going on. I'm sure like a lot of people. And uh, so I started and I remember after qualifying, uh, and it, all the qualifying was kind of a blur to me because I'd never really done it before. I remember looking on the list. And back then, they didn't do all these, you know, pro sportsmen. I just got my car kit box. You know, I just got divorced. You know, mm-hmm. I had all these, diff- all these different classes. It was just one class, A-Scale Buggy. And I remember uh, looking on the list, looking for my name. And I was like, dang, I know I'm in there somewhere, you know, because <laughs> I didn't really understand how it worked. And I remember looking all the way to the bottom. And I think it was, I think I was 25th, 25, 25th from the bottom. And 15 of those were people that showed up that, that had their name on it, but didn't show up. <clears throat> so, of course, I was in the first race. I'm sorry, I was in the second race because, uh, again, that first race, nobody showed up. And I remember after that race, and it was me and another guy out there, and and I was so excited. Two cars on the track. There's no way I can lose this one, you know. And I, yeah, and I think I broke or something. I remember walking by, and I was looking at that. And at the end, before I got in the car to drive home, I was like, one day, you know, I got, I got to do better than this. You know, one day I got to do better than this, you know. So that was kind of my goal, just to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just to start from the bottom. And uh, and just practice and practice and do everything I had to, to go, you know, to make it, to, to finally do it better. And then I think it was, uh, what, 10, 12 years later, we're at that same race, but now it's in Boulder. And after qualifying, I, I, I was BQ, which is the closest I've ever got. And I'm like, okay, you know, this is my chance. So the B started. And I'm running, and at that time, I think Mayfield and Cavalieri had trouble. They had bumped up, I think, from the D main. So I'm running my race, and then at the end, uh, well, I hear them coming. They're coming and coming, but then they never really get close. I'm like, I think I got three or four turns on them, and they never got closer. So I end up winning that race, the bump up to the to the A, and I remember sitting there thinking, I made full circle. <laughs> you know, I went from the very bottom into the top and that's that's kind of what i what my goal was mm-hmm. you know and it was just a great feeling because you know i didn't have a talent i just asked anybody I, I i drove every day you know some of these people they want to ask people for setup and stuff like this your setup is your time it's what you put into it it's what you getting to know your car it's not a, uh, a setup from you know cavalry or Mayfield that's going to help you be better because they don't see, they don't feel the same as you. You got to put the work in. And, and I, I put the work in and I always tried a bunch of crazy stuff and people used to, what are you doing? Why are you trying that? You know, but I did stuff like that because, you know, I was trying to find my setup to where I could drive the car. And, um, 
And it's just uh, to go from nothing, to go from the very bottom to the very top, for me, is what RC was about. So, yeah, that's kind of how it started out. Yeah. Um, you know what? I, I could have sworn I thought you grew up in, I didn't know you grew up in California. What mm-hmm. part of Cali did you grow? I, I'm sorry. I just, I listened to what you have to say. I just have some questions about, you know. Uh, long, uh, Harbor City, Torrance. Mm-hmm. And then we were in Pomona. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I remember, so you was a pic, a pitcher then at first, right? Well, actually I was a, I was a center fielder that they converted mm-hmm. into a pitcher. Uh, Lee Smith was, uh, they got traded away and uh, they needed somebody as a closer. And since I pitched in high school, which I was known for a pitcher, how I got started was um, I pitched uh, at a tournament uh, on the Thursday. I struck out 21 batters in the seven inning game. So that's, you know, seven up, mm-hmm. seven down. And then I came back on Saturday and struck out 20. And the one guy I walked on the strike fast pass ball ended up stealing still in uh, uh, second, third on a, on a pass ball strikeout. He scored, so we lost one to nothing. And um, and that's, that name is Johnny Cotton, actually. He ended up playing for the Indians. He was a good friend of mine as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, so that got me in uh, Sports Illustrated uh, faces in a crowd. And then from then on, uh, it went from we only having like 10 or 15 people the game or 60 or 70. We're all scouts and different people like that. And and uh, I just never really thought it was going to go anywhere, even though a lot of, I, I had all this attention from getting into the uh, Sports Illustrated. But, you know, it did. You know, I used to have to take all these <laughs> you little tryout sport, things. Sports yeah. Illustrated was big. It's still huge, yeah. but it was extra huge mm-hmm. back then. Yeah, I was in that little faces in the crowd thing. And I think I still have the record for in Texas, I think, or for most strikeouts in two games, That's you know. So. Yeah. But you said you played football. Was that was you more into football or more into baseball? I was actually more into football. I played mm-hmm. baseball because, you know, when you're in a small school, you play everything. I also play basketball. You know, although I'm not that tall, I was the center because, you know, I I could jump. You know, I had crazy up. So I played everything. But uh, football was the one I thought I'd really do something because I was a fullback and then I was a a linebacker. And I used to I mean, I used to just destroy people. <laughs> I just was a different person when you put that. Well, if you on. haven't seen Paul Coleman, you would understand <laughs> why he would destroy people. He's pretty big. Um, I'm a big dude, but he's like I'm fat. He's just muscle and like strong. I remember him shaking my hand and almost breaking it. Like you know, um, you, you sound just like Cody, man. Cody Watson, hot sauce. He's He's good at he's good. I was telling you, he's good at baseball. He's good at football. Uh-huh. He's good at basketball. He can drive an RC car. He's just super naturally talented, and um, he's gonna either do one of those three things for a living. I, I'm pretty sure about it. Um, well, baseball, but you I, last longer. <laughs> yeah, he has to play baseball. Well, you know, like, I live in DR, dude. Baseball is life. I'm trying to get my son to get back and start playing. And um, it's funny because I had Stephen Best. Uh, I re- interviewed Stephen Best, and his mm-hmm. his story was kind of the same. Like um, he had Tommy John surgery, and then it it you know it it failed him, and then he couldn't continue on, and then he got into RC. Um, I never knew Stephen Best played baseball, and it, yeah, he never, never told me. He never. Oh told yeah, me. and I've known. He, him. Um, I've never known, never known. Especially know he had a Tommy John. <laughs> yeah. Unless I forgot, I don't know. I just don't remember. I don't remember that. Well, I'll send you the link uh to that podcast and you can listen to it it's, it's actually really good it's, um 
Nice. Best is a good guy. He survived yeah. a, a bunch of a bunch of stuff, and I like his story. <clears throat> There's mm-hmm. a shit too. Yeah. And I remember. Correct me if I'm wrong. You said you got drafted right out of high school, or you went to university first. Right out of high school, but I really? but I signed but I signed to go to University of Texas to play football and baseball. Okay. But I just you know I didn't. So what think- happens when you get drafted like that? You go into the minor leagues because they do it her when you go yeah. 16 her. Yeah. They send you to the minor leagues. Like- yeah. You in, in baseball you have to uh, call paying your dues. You have to. You have to go in the minor leagues first, regardless of how good you are. Now, you might only be there for one year, but you have to put that one year in there. It's like when Jordan tried to play baseball. You know, you know, he had to go to minors like everybody else, and you get the league minimum. Um, at my time, it was like nine fifty a month. I think it was a, was the minimum. Oh. Even though, even though I I signed a you know a contract and I had a huge bonus, <laughs> you know, it's just I got that's what you get for your first year, and then after mm-hmm. that, you can you know a guy can go from uh, a ball at the AAA and, you know, get a million dollar contract. I mean, it's just, it, it changes after the first year that's, you know, you put your dues in and after that, it's just, everyone's different, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I also remember how you, your story about how you actually got exposed to RC. And I believe it was when you was playing with the Cardinals or something. I'm, I'm probably, it's been a long time since I've heard these stories, but I could have sworn you said you you got it. You saw Ozzy Smith driving a car. Yeah, yeah. He had he had one in the in the uh, in the clubhouse. It was mm-hmm. I was on the forty man roster uh, toward the end, and uh, we were uh, he was uh, in the clubhouse playing with one. I was like, oh sweet, you know that's kind of cool, you know. So of course I went out and bought one, and I remember uh, driving in the street and someone ran over it. <laughs> so, <laughs> So what was just, your first you know, car? Do you remember? I do not remember. It was electric, obviously. Okay. It was a cheap electric one that got ran over, and then I went and bought another one. Now, this is the funny thing. So the next one I bought was a Nitro. And I don't know if you remember Savon Hobbies that used to be around back then? Yes, I used to spend a lot of money with them. Okay. There was a guy there. Oh, I can't think of his name now. Uh, anyway... I bought one of those Kalari motors, you know, back in the day, that was the motor. It was about 600 bucks, you know, mm-hmm. and I had a, it was a Kyosho MP7, I think. And I asked the guy, I said, how do I break this thing in? He said, you just, you know, you just start it up, hold it full throttle. <laughs> okay. You know, hold, hold it full throttle, you know, rich. Well, I don't know what rich is. So I started it up. I held it full throttle. <laughs> And I was thinking, man, how you hold this thing? And all of a sudden, I hear snap. So, of course, uh, I took the engine out and, you know, couldn't figure out what happened. I sent the engine. I called the guy. He sent it back to him. He goes, well, this doesn't seem right. I was like, man, I'm just telling you what happened. <laughs> so I sent it back to him. He sent me another one. So he said, uh, this time, just take your time. You know, I'm like, no problem. I did the exact same thing. Blew it up. So I called him again and I said, man, I don't know what kind of crap you're selling me here. I said, but this thing sucks. And he's like, what are you talking about? I said, it blew up again. And he goes, are you kidding me? And I said, no, it blew up again. So he said, what are you doing? I said, I started up and I held it full throttle like you told me to. He said, no, no, no. You got to richen it out. I'm like, what's that? And I was like, oh, so basically I was just holding this thing full lit, you know? I know that wasn't good. <laughs> so. Man, the guy was cool though. I can't think of his name to save my life. He was the main manager there. But they sent me another piston sleeve 
I broke it in right, you know, and I was hooked on nitro ever since then. Yeah. Do you, so you went from that journey, you get in your first nitro car. Did you used and did you used to race locally there before you went out to that first race in silver state or how did that work out? No, I, I tried to build me a little track, uh, mm-hmm. a little, little RC track, uh, me and this guy uh, named Marvin Jackson, who does, uh, dragsters, uh, drag racing still does mm-hmm. to this day, uh, in Dallas area. We built a little track in this little field and, you know, all he cared about was going fast. He could never turn right or left. So I kind of ended up doing it myself. And then uh, when I went back to, that was in Dallas then. Well, I went back to uh, East Texas and I worked, uh, met David Rockmore. I don't know if you ever, no, ever met him. Uh, well, he owns a rock uh, hardware store there and he had a lot of money. So we built a track uh, at my friend's, uh, my friend's house. It had like a hundred acres or whatever. But then it was just me and him. So I was like, man, I'm going to go this race. You know, I got to, I got to see how this is done. And that's when I went to the silver state. So after then it just, uh, and I, I got so excited. I think a couple of months later, that's when I moved to California. So, <laughs> you sound like me, man. I just moved to the DR. I just like packed my bags and said, yep, this yeah. is where I'm going to move. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had nothing to hold me down. I was like, I'm gone. <laughs> what so was your left. plans uh, going to, to California? Like when you, well, did you have a job? What was you planning on doing when you got there? No, I didn't have anything. I, um, I, you had your stayed, RC cars. Yeah. I just I had my RC cars. I, I, uh, stayed with my sister, Regina, who has passed away, but, uh, she's not my, I called her my sister, but I grew up with her. She wasn't really my sister. Uh, she's my relative, but I stayed with her in Pomona and, uh, I was just looking for jobs, you know? And I, when I met Eustace, uh, uh, Eustace Moore, owner of MIP, who is also a brother. People don't yes. know sometimes, <laughs> but uh, uh, he always told me, "Hey, come to California. Maybe I, you know, hook you up." So I showed up in California, and uh, you know, sometimes people say stuff, but don't don't really follow through on it. So I called him, and said, "Okay, I'm ready to work." And he was like, "What?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm here." And uh, obviously, that didn't work out. And then I went down to Nitro House. Uh, to get a part of something and met uh Tim Bump again. And uh he was like, Oh man, you moved here? I said, Yeah. And I said, You got any work? And he said, Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe we can figure out something. Maybe next door. I'm like, next door. He goes, Yeah, off now. I was like, Oh. So that's where I met Dave Morales and uh and that's where it started. He goes, Where are you living? I said, Pomona. He goes, That's about an hour away. I said, Yeah. He goes, How are you gonna make it to work on time? I said, I guess I have to leave early. <laughs> so <laughs> so I did that for I don't know, about six six months until I moved actually down to uh, Irvine area, and um, yeah. What was your first job at Offner? I was just uh, I did, did just service, just customer service, okay. just to answer everybody's call and stuff like that. That was it. So did was this like what you expected when you moved there? And then, um, you know, you do that for six months. How did you? And I guess you're racing at the same time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to anyway. Um, yeah, where uh, was you racing back in those days? Who was who was like the guys that you got to know and and because obviously you have to like RCs, you have to get to know people and improve. But how well, did that work well, well, for back, you? Well, back then we'd all go to Hemet. You know, that's when Joey first had his first you know dirt race and stuff. So and Hemet was almost two hours away, but we we go every Friday. I think Friday or every Saturday. I think we go to Hemet. So. Um, 
we raced with you know Drake and all those guys, and Drake then was running Gas Truck. Uh, God, I think Marty Corn, just all these old school oh, the guys that Attitude that Arrow, yeah, <laughs> Attitude Arrow, Attitude Arrow of ours, yeah, yeah, Dean Sexton, Jay Smoker. I mean, all these guys. Uh, you know, that's what everybody did. You go to Hemet, as mm-hmm. you know. Back then, Revelation was an on-road track, so you didn't go there. But I mean, it was just Hemet, Hemet, Hemet. I mean, that's what we did. And then a guy uh, who I think knew Dean Sexton had a local track he tried to make, and we go over there. But usually, the race place was Hemet. I think Smoker talked about that track um, at some guy and some guys like tree, yard. Tree. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it wow. was. Uh, that's just uh, you know, that's just what we did, and it was, you know. You know, as you know, Smoker was a character and always is, is. going to be. Yeah. It's just him and, you know, Chicken Man Dean Sexton and then uh, Roy Johnson, his other brother that uh, that raced back then. Uh, that's where I met you know, Kevin Darnell's uh, dad, Kevin Harris. Uh, Steve and, Harris's dad, Little yeah, little Bear. Yeah. Well, he's not little yeah. no more. Yeah. Well, Big Darnell, we'll see. Darnell, Steve, he's got several different names, but, you know. I just but, uh, I was gonna call him Sean because I always call him Sean, but it's Steve Harris. Sorry, sorry, Steve. It's also um, Darnell. It is okay. <laughs> so um again, but that's uh then I met, then I met uh Ray Norte and uh you remember Ray, right? Yes, Ray Norte. Yeah, yeah, Ray Norte and and that's you meet Ray. Of, I bet him uh what that's a good question. I think I met him uh I think I met him at Hemet. I think he showed up or something. Yeah, because he he was living in Bannon then. I met him in Hemet, and uh, and we became dogs right out from the from the get go. We still are yeah. to this day. And then uh, I got him a job at at Ofna, uh because he does graphics and stuff. And uh, yeah, we we've been. Ray was fast. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Ray was really fast. fast back in hey, the day. Hey, effortless fast. Ray. Yeah. Anything Ray drives, Ray's fast at. You know, yeah, he's and, naturally uh, talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I got him into mountain bikes uh, about I don't know two years ago, and now I think he rides every single day, and he's good at that too. Uh, we went to <laughs> uh, we went to Big Bear, uh, this little bike park, and uh, I don't jump as well. In fact, I jump horribly. Well, I'm following Ray into this little jump trail, and I'm not really jumping anything. And Ray hit this one jump, and I swear he was 30 feet in the air. It was, it was the most amazing thing. It was so bad. I mean, I'm watching him jump, and I'm like, holy crap, where I crashed because I'm watching him. And I said, dude, <laughs> I said, you're killing me here, bro. And he's like, yeah, but that's just Ray. He, yeah. anything, anything he does, he's good at it. He's yeah. just, and he uh, now he rides with some guys up there in uh, San Luis Obispo that are better than him, but He's, I'm sure he's uh, trying to get as good as oh, or better. He, but yeah, you know, he uh, well, I think he should race, but he won't, you know, Ray. Mm-hmm. But I think he's as good as they are. I think they're a little but at that at that stage, it's just like, what are you scared of doing? And some of these guys, they they jump some crazy stuff. And Ray, you know, Ray's not gonna Ray's Ray's smart. He's like, uh, I'll jump stuff, but I'm not gonna get stupid with it, even though I know yeah. he can do it. So I remember when we went to his house for the first time, he just had that badass BMW. Oh yeah, he still, part, I'm just like, hey, he still has it. He still has it. Wow, yeah, all Ray carbon cool. now. 
Yeah. I, like, I've, I have to reconnect with him somehow, some way. Maybe next time I'm in California, I can link up with him. Yeah, I can. Uh, uh, I'll uh, I'll set ahead. you up with him. Like I said, I still, I st- we talk every, maybe once or twice a week. So. So let's talk about the evolution. So you're there racing at Hammett. Who was some of the people that you learned from? Or did you kind of just do this on yourself? Because you're super, like, you learned a lot. Like, you went from blowing up engines to helping design cars, kind of. You know what I mean? So let's talk about that evolution and what became PCR, you traveling around the world and becoming the face of Ofna. Because it kind of happened. It happened kind of quick. Yeah. Uh, It, uh, I don't think I really learned you know, I, I watched a lot, you know, and, mm. and I wrenched a lot. And, uh, you know, me and Ray were always talking stuff and, you know, talking set up. And, and since Ray was a better driver than me, you know, I'd always, you know, watch what he did. And we just talked set up all the time with each other. And, and just watching, you know, listening to the, the fast people that were there, Drake and all those guys, uh, when they finally got into to Buggy. And just kind of being being in the air, all these guys that were were better than me, you know, and just uh, taking up, just just listening and just watching stuff they were doing and just learning that way. Um, and then um, we came out with a, a monster truck, uh, the Dominator, we called it. Uh, it was a hyper. Uh, uh, it was a hyper. It's a oh, it's a monster pirate. What was the name of Bahobao? Well, they had that race in Pro Line, where I think people were converting Traxxas cars into uh, truckies and stuff like that. It was the mm-hmm. first, I think, truggy race. And uh, I ended up winning that. I think Scott Hughes was second. I think I think Tessman might have been third. or I think Tessman or somebody was third or something like that. That's a young Tessman. That ain't the Tessman now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, could be, you could beat him back in the day, you know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but I think he was third maybe or somebody else. But it was a clash where basically people just kind of I was the only truck. I was the only car that had a production. Everybody else was uh, Mugen cars. They kind of converted over or Traxxas cars. They kind of put engines in and stuff. And I, I'm sure what Scott Hughes was running, but I ran that. And then from there, uh, things got a little bit more serious because they did a little thing in Car Action Magazine. And and then after that, uh, we decided. Uh, Dave decided to say, okay, well, <clears throat> you're going to work with the Hobile Factory es- exclusively. And then Jay Halsey came in to take care of the Hong Nor, which was kind of a crazy deal because in Taiwan, those are competing companies or were. So uh, really? The, yeah. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't, they, they knew they liked each other. But they didn't like each other. You know, right. For instance, like if I was in Taiwan, I never saw Jay. I was with the Hobile factory and he'd be in Hong Nor. But yet we end up at a race together, which is right. Kind of right. Right. Um, but we, he'd be on one side. I was on the other side. But uh, so that's how it kind of worked. And then uh, so he had his team. I had my team. And so we started making parts. I used to work with Titan Tech, uh, who used to make a bunch of Kenwall's part, uh, parts. His name was Raul Herrera. Uh, when Kenwall was in, he used to make all his stuff. So he started uh, making parts. Uh, we designed and making stuff, which came out the PCR line of stuff. Yeah, um, I remember you telling me about your trips to Taiwan, and uh, when was the first time you went to Taiwan? That must have been a culture shock for you, eh? Yeah, I don't remember the date of it, the exact date of it, but I used to go like three times a year, and uh, oh yeah, it was uh, it was pretty crazy. Funniest thing was uh, we went to this town, 
uh, we went to this race. I think it was like four hours away. And we're driving back. And we stopped through this town to take a shower and uh, wash up. And we're walking through this town, and, and people are like, Shakia, Shakia, because <laughs> they're all so little, you know. I'm barely six right. foot. They're, they're thinking I'm Shaq, you know. But yeah, it's, it was crazy, though. It was a, that was the craziest part. And then, and then the hospitality, man, they, uh, mm-hmm. they, they, they take care of you over there when you go over there. So it's kind of cool. You go to the hobby shops, and most of the stuff is made there, and they just like, get what you want. And it was just like, what? <laughs> you know? So I always I, uh... came. I always came back with stuff that you know not necessarily was our brand but they just that's that's what they did and i enjoyed it yeah yeah this is the ball rolling her because you started traveling a lot racing a lot um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all over the world i remember your stories but i want to i want to talk about how we kind of met um we were i remember the hobby shop andre is like i'm gonna bring paul coleman and i didn't really know who you was that much i had seen you in the magazine but i was like i don't know like, I didn't really know you like, like that. And, um, cause Andre, this is when, this is like, man, RC was really good at this time. The economy oh, yeah. was great. Um, we, you know, Bermuda was booming. We was just out there racing. We had just kind of like got somewhat organized. We was doing six lap races. Oh my gosh. I think back to this. And that, that, that was the funniest thing. I remember uh, <laughs> when we were at the studio, uh, Andre took me to the studio, I think. And then, uh, Keem, uh, Kimon was there. Uh, Kimon, Kimon was there. So we did talk. And then we went to the track. Cause I was like, I kept on saying, hey man, when we go to track, I want to go to track. Let's go to track. So we get to the track and I'm like, okay, all right. I liked how it was uh went up on that hill. I think yeah. it was on the side of that hill. And I, I liked it because it wasn't really flat anywhere. You know, it's a bunch of level mm-hmm. uh, elevation changes. And the dirt seemed really good. And so it was I was, rough. I was, I was all excited and I was like, let's go practice. And Kima was like, oh, we got plenty of time for that. And I was like, man, I come here to race, you know. <laughs> and and Kima was always like, uh, oh, we'll just take a time. And then I think we finally went to the track. And then I think you showed up. I think you showed up on your on your scooter. Yeah. I think you showed up on your scooter. I'm like, who's this cat? You know? And then you came up and introduced yourself to me. And then uh, and then the funniest thing was that race when I'm like, you got a timing system? And y'all had those little that piece of paper with those clickers. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, laugh. Yeah, oh yeah. I was like, I was like, and I joke with Kima. I said, Well, what if this person don't like me, man? And I missed my laps. <laughs> and he I remember him saying, Oh, don't worry, mate, you're not gonna win anyway. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he like lapped as well. Yeah. But uh, every year it got better and better and better, though. Yeah, every year got better and better <laughs> and better. Well, you know, a six lap race is kind of stressing because, you know, if you flip, you're done pretty much. And, you know, it's not yeah. like you guys are running slow, so it's a little bit of pressure thinking, okay, you know, if I flip, I'm done. You know, remember there wasn't a whole lot of turn marshals out there. Oh my gosh, it was crazy. We didn't yeah. have a clue what we was doing. I don't think. <laughs> I think we had never even been to a real race. We went to Miami the year before. Mm-hmm. But we went to like a club race, but we had never been to a real race. Didn't know what we was doing, but we just wanted to do it. Like, and I just remember, like, I thought I must have been such a pain in your ass. Like, because I was just asking no. questions, 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 questions. Like, I wanted to know everything. We, we're talking about days like this is pre internet was still was just kind of like, yeah, uh-huh. it wasn't like nowhere near what it is now. So nope, we couldn't right. even get t-shirts like i was like paul can i want your t-shirts i can't get any t-shirts can i want a t-shirt please 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 and um we just hung out 
Yeah, it was, man, I'm telling you, it was, uh, you know, I remember getting back and I was thinking, man, this was, the only bad thing about that, about that trip was going through customs because mm-hmm. <clears throat> they came in, I, I got my stuff in and they said, what do you got there? And I said, RC car parts. And they're like, what's it for? I said, an RC car race. Are you selling stuff? I said, uh, no. Why you got all these extra parts? And I remember they saying, and I said, uh, well, in case I break. And they're like, well, you going to sell these parts to other people that break? <laughs> and I remember thinking, what is going on? You know? And uh, <laughs> yeah, I was there for like an hour and a half. I mean, just getting grueled by this one lady. And I was just like, dude, I'm here for a race. That's all I know. You know, well, who are you supposed to meet? Where are you staying at? And all I had was Kimon, you know? <laughs> and, and, you know, Kimon was bad on giving people information. So I said, man, all I got is this guy's name. You you fly all over here and all you got is this guy's name? You have a number or nothing? <laughs> I was like, oh, God. <laughs> so I think Kimon was outside. He finally talked to someone. And they put two and two together, but man. And it was the same thing the second year I came back. It was the same lady. And I was like, we've done this. We did this last year. She was like, so you're st- you going to sell parts this year? And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And you did come back the next year, though. We, had, yeah. we actually yeah. had a lap corner and we was doing. I think I came um, three years in a row, three or four years yeah. in a row. And every year it got better and better and better. But being on the island itself, racing with you guys is still, is still the funnest because you know, every, everybody was so, everybody had, everybody really enjoyed what they were doing. It's like everybody really was into RC. And sometimes in some races, it's, it's more serious and people aren't really having mm-hmm. fun, but you guys, you guys had fun, period, you know, and that it was fun. It was a good, yeah. good time, man. Yeah. Lots yeah. of shit talking. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of uh, that carried on I, to this day. I was thinking about Bermuda one, USA zero, <laughs> and stuff like that. And that, <laughs> uh, yeah. but it was just it was like eye opening for me um, because I was so into RC and I wanted to learn. And it's so and I was just telling you, like who's the thing? This is two thousand and three, so it's about twenty twenty, so seventeen years ago. And here mm-hmm. I am now working in RC. Realizing some of the things you were saying back then, because it's just like it ain't all fun in the candy shop. Yeah. And um, I'm actually interviewing you, so it's full circle. It's crazy, but this is this is life, and this is how things work. But it's it started a great relationship between us. And mm-hmm. man, I remember, um, I remember, because this is how I worked out. You know, Kimo was faster than me. Kimo was faster than me, but he was a bad mechanic. Oh, so course. his car oh, yeah. used to always break. He used oh, to always yeah. have to fix his car. And he used oh, to drive a Kyosho, and it was good. And I used to run Mugen. This is where my my deep my deep hatred for Kyosho comes from, right? Because Kimo <laughs> used to run used to run Kyosho, and I used to run Mugen, and I wanted to beat him, and I would beat him. when he would I would always be second. I always finish second to him. He was just naturally faster than me. He could I could keep up with him for a little bit, mm-hmm. but not a full like full race. Yeah. It's funny because when I went to America, I would always seem to do a little bit better than him. Exactly. I don't know. Uh-huh. Maybe maybe it was just uh-huh. something in America that was I liked. But anyway, we we had a series going on, and the, the, I remember the hobby shop was like, "Oh, Kimon's gonna win this. He's gonna run. I want him to run Hyper Seven. I'm gonna fully sponsor him." And I was like, "Oh well, that's great." And then I ended up winning the series, <laughs> and then he's like. Well, I, I gotta, I gotta do something here. You won the series, and then I ended up having to run the um, oh, what was it called? That Hong Nor nine point five or something? The, yeah, it was a nine point five before it was jamming. Yeah, 
Yes. Yeah. And you was like, Keenan, just run it. They're going to get new cars and I'll send you all the parts. And you sent me a shit ton of parts for it. And I'll be, I'll be honest, that car was not very good, um, but I got it to work. <clears throat> I got it, it to a, work. It was a tank though. It was, it was oh, a it tank. Was, yeah. When, when I remember Jake... I hit Andre's wife with it. Oh my gosh. I think I nearly broke out of that at a big race. Yeah. I hit her and you're like, I was like, Ooh, that weren't good. No, it was a tank. It wasn't the best car, but it was a tank. It was their best offering before Jay got involved and, you know, Jay set him straight on what what he wanted, and then of course the jamming is is what it is. You know, it was way it was a better. Great car. Yeah, great car. Yeah. We and then I remember we went to um, when we came out to California with you, to mm-hmm. you, yeah, and that was probably one of the best trips I've ever had. I got I tell people all the time I got treated like a pro. That's when we just and, got our house. I think we just got our house yeah. in Corona. Yeah, you guys came out. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I remember like we was going to Silver State. So but before that, we went to all these different like I got we we went to Thunder Alley, but it was raining. Mm-hmm. We ended up doing laps at Hemet. Like you know how epic and how much of a bucket list that was to yeah. race at to do do laps at Hemet. Weirdest track mm-hmm. I've ever been one of <laughs> I remember you from, when you guys when you guys got out of the car, you were like, Oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it, does, it looks no. bigger in the pictures, doesn't it? I mean it's just it's just a bowl, you know. But yeah, Joy used to make his tracks and we all ran on it and you know, it just he he it ran bigger than what it actually was because the way Joey made his tracks. But you know, it's legendary. Yeah, and it was so you couldn't see some of the rough areas. Mm-hmm. It was, and I and then we went to ARC. Never ARC. forget that. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. that's and we were still doing the Bermuda one. Like we just be out there. <laughs> <laughs> now was was that did it have the red barn right? It was in that red yes. barn right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. It was yeah. when they first opened. Was in Menef? No, Temecula. Um, was it in no, it was Marietta. Okay, yeah, that yeah, was that, a red barn track. That was an awesome track. You know, it wasn't uh, the biggest thing, but the pitting was inside that barn. Yes, that's when yeah. that's when things were fun too. I mean, that was a that was right before Losi came out with their eight scale buggy. I think about a year or two after that. Because I, mean, I remember what? when we went to that track, you would pack up. This is this big Ofna uh, cargo bag, like this mm-hmm. big parts bags. Yeah, you would have like four of those things in your car. Like Paul, why are you mm-hmm. taking all this stuff? It's like, man, people gotta give people parts when they get, you know. Yeah. And people, this is when people running those LXTs. They were like, like you know, those RTRs. They would mm-hmm. show up to the track, and you would have to yeah. give people parts. And I remember people would approach you, and like they didn't look a little nervous to approach you, but when they did, and you'd be like, oh. hey, yeah, take this, and they'd be like, well, how much are you? No, no, fine. Yeah. And um, that's when I was like, well, this is what what RC is all about. And then I remember we you took us to Offner. Yeah. He was like, all right, take what you need. I was like, what? He's like, no, like, don't turn the ass out of it. Don't go buy it. Don't <laughs> anything like that. But, um, you know, take whatever part you guys need. We're going to, to Silver's. And I just remember that whole trip. I was like, Paul, how much for the car? Oh, no, don't worry about it. How much for fuel? Oh, don't worry about it. How much for a house? Don't worry about it. I don't want to get you in trouble. Well, my offner isn't around anymore. But um, <laughs> like everything went on the offner credit card. And I got a taste of what it was to be no. a pro driver no that's what it was i mean everything was if i was at the race i was they were gonna pay for me so why you know and yeah. the, the house was a friend's house so that we stayed at a friend of my wife's uh she owned that house so you know we she didn't charge us to stay there you know it was just their yeah. uh, summer home or whatever so it was close to the track so no nah. yes no it was i it remember was a good trip 
I know. Then you're like, I'm taking you to the world's biggest buffet, the Rio. The Rio. Yeah. Yeah. And you went, you paid for all our trips. And then you got pissed off because Kiman and I only ate two plates. (laughs) Each, actually. Uh, You're like, all this food. Yeah. Eat. I'm like, I can't eat no more. And then I then I actually got sick. The whole trip after that, I got sick. And Mm -hmm. you I just probably got a little few poison, maybe. No, I think I think I was actually probably maybe, but I didn't. It was sick, like sick, like I got flu. Mm-hmm. But that ruined my trip. But it was one of the best trips. I got to meet Mark. I got to meet. That's like when I met Smoker, Dean Sexton, Jay mm-hmm. Housley. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had known Lance and Gus. They came out to fly for that trip. And Lance and Gus. <laughs> yeah, and I remember I remember going to that race and like, um, like Dino had his his camper right there, like his RV. Mm-hmm. And then, like, everything was set up. Like, this is when, like, jamming was hitting, like, jamming tents and the yep. pit trip and all this stuff. And I was like, wow. Yeah. This is bad assery defined. And, mm-hmm. oh, it was such a good, too bad I got sick. But, um, yeah, I got to taste of, of being a pro. I remember. I'm sorry I'm talking so much, but I just remember. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. The first day of practice, we come home, and it's, like, 11 o'clock. And I'm, like, sleep time. I throw my jam. I'm running a jam. And I throw it in the corner. I'm like, yeah, see you I'm, tomorrow. I remember that. Yeah. And you was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going to sleep. And he's like, no, no sleep. We're going to race. And you completely stripped your, your car, clean it, put new bearings. It's up to like three o'clock. And I was like, I'm the, I don't want to be a pro driver. It's too much work. <laughs> so too man, much work. <clears throat> I remember we were in, you were in Uruguay uh, for the Worlds. Uh, that's the year, I think. The one Greg won in Uruguay. Yeah, and me and Ray, uh, me and Ray, we had a bag of Proline tires, just a, just like a big <laughs> black bag. And we stayed up. I think we got to the, we finally got to the hotel. I think it was uh, six o'clock. And we stayed up to that next day gluing tires. I mean, it's just what we did. You know, you just, you go to races, you don't sleep. Unfortunately, we didn't anyway. Me and Ray. <laughs> And we and Ray were just we come in and take our showers and he'd be on one end on one bed, I'm on the other. We wrench, blue tire, and that's what we did. You know, yeah. it's just that 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 was the schedule, you know. Did you um you got to travel to a lot of worlds and different races <clears throat> on road and off road? Uh yeah. you got to Europe quite a bit, didn't you? As well? Yeah, I went to uh I did the worlds in Uruguay and it did the first tent scale. Sedan Worlds in Brazil. I think I finished 25th, which was pretty good with the little hypercar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, of course, we did the ones in Sweden. We had the Worlds in Sweden, and then we did the Hyper Manufacturers Cup in Sweden. And then we did the, uh, of course, the two Worlds that were in in the uh, U.S. The one, the first one in Vegas, and then the one in uh, South Carolina at. Uh, Atlanta's track, North Carolina, Atlanta's track, and then uh, Indonesia, and uh, with the worlds when, <laughs> when, when me and uh, Greg Degani, uh, uh, what did we uh, break out of the compound that we weren't supposed to leave? Uh, but, uh, <laughs> and, I don't uh, even know. <laughs> uh, and but, uh, uh, it, it involves Greg. It involves something. Yeah. Yeah, and then me and Greg actually went to a race in Europe, which was a hyper race in England. Um, funniest thing was about that was me and Greg get to the airport and uh, we get a rental car 
And, you know, of course, you know, they drive on the other side, but it was a stick on the other side. And Greg's like, I'm not driving. It's not my car. <laughs> and I was like, so we were trying to figure out how to drive this thing because that's all we had. And we had a drive, I think, was two hours away. And I think we drove for an hour and a half, and then we went to Craddock's house. Um, so we went to Craddock's house for a little bit, and then we left there to go to the track in Sandy. But to drive a stick on the opposite side, if you haven't done it, was unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. And then being with Greg, even more unbelievable. Oh, I but, know. Uh, yeah, that's the race where I met the young Elliot Boots. And it was funny because oh, yeah. he was driving hyper. And we were setting up, and uh, Craddock goes, hey, this is the next fast guy right here. And I said, really? He said, yeah, Elliot, say hi. And I said, hey, what's up? Little old dude. And he had, uh, he goes, you signed this? So I signed his body for him. And then, uh, and I was thinking, really? I said, I watched him run. I'm like, that kid's, I mean, he's a little kid. He was fast then. And then uh, the next year, I saw his paint scheme. He copied my, he stole my paint scheme. Which is really? the red? Yeah, he stole my paint scheme. So I told Crash, he stole a little boots. I'm getting my paint scheme back. So and to this day, he still wears runs that runs the same. Well, the red, the black, and the gray. You know, mm -hmm. but yeah, he stole my paint scheme. Little Elliot did, but uh, but yeah, I remember seeing him and and uh, Craddock told me he said, "Man, this is the next, this is the next guy right here." He was right. Craddock's never wrong. The best here in RC. What's um, that? He's the best here in RC. Mm -hmm. His hair is always perfect. I always tease him about that. Um, awesome, man. How was it racing in Europe? Because we talked about this before before we came on on, on the air. Mm -hmm. You really enjoyed it, uh, racing abroad. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I like it because of the rules. Mm -hmm. And they stick to the rules. I don't care if it's one cc off a gas tank, if it's too big, you know. You get DNF'd. Um, the you want, do you want to elaborate on that? Because we talk, talked okay. about it before before we came on <clears> here. <throat> okay, so uh, you remember the dates more than I do. The, the national that was in Vegas. Uh, mm -hmm. we, and Jason Ashton won. Yeah, Jason Ashton won. And our, our guy was Josh Wheeler. Well, Josh Wheeler en ended up finishing a lap behind uh, Jason. Uh, and uh, so I'm like, cool, we had a good race. That was the first time that, you know, the Hyper's done that good in the U.S. as far as, I mean, we was always done good, but when we were second in the national. Mm -hmm. So I was cool with that. But then I hear, well, Jason's tank is like a crap load of CCs over. So um, what they did was they put it in uh, a cooler and we waited for almost two hours. And it was still a couple of cc's over. And then the Roar president, who, mind you, was the Mugen's distributor in Texas, can't remember the guy's name, said that... No conflict of interest Yeah, no, at yeah, all. yeah. Said that basically, uh, okay, well, that's enough. It wasn't like that extra cc or two uh, determined the win. So I'm sitting there and Chris Moore is there and I'm like, looking at Chris, like, really, dude? And he's like, looking at me and I'm like, wait a minute, but there's a rule. And he goes, yeah, but it didn't determine the outcome of the race, but it's a rule. And I argued, argued, oh, you can, you can protest and this and that, whatever. 
and I protested nothing. It just is what it is. So I told Wheeler, you know, you're a national championship. In my, you're a national champion in my mind. And I said, it sucks, but you know, what can we do? We couldn't do anything. This is roar. So a couple of years later, we're at the worlds in Sweden where Jerome Agnon, who I think is an x-ray driver now was driving hyper and he was destroying everybody, destroying everybody. I think after qualifying, I think he had a lap, uh, on everybody. And going into finals, I mean, it was him and everybody else. It's just, he was just, he was killing everybody. But the last tech, his fuel tank, which is a Thunder Tiger fuel tank, was over by not much. And over there, they don't let it sit down. They don't let you sit there for two hours, let it put it in a thing of ice or a cooler. They make, if it's over, it's over. And I think it is a cool down period, but I want to say it's only like 15 or 20 minutes. But, it was still over and boom, he's gone. It was like 0.5 on the Yeah. Yeah. He's gone. You know, he's TQ'd the worlds, but couldn't race the main over with. And there's nothing you could do. And I remember we were talking to the, um, what's it? Uh, Carlos. And then Carlos, uh, Gomez. Carlos oh. Gomez. And he's like, Hey, it's not America. We have rules here. It sucks. But you know, we, we, we run by rules here. And though I hated it because we could have been a national championship and I know we would have won the Worlds that year, but that was taken away by people following the rules and then people not caring about the rules. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, racing abroad in every race, it's always been that way where there's a rule, you know, and they follow it. And I, and, and that's a different from racing at, uh, in the U S sometimes we got some of the best racers, period. I mean, we do, but some of the race programs are just like, Hey, whatever, you know, it's not that serious, but it should be, you know, cause there's a lot of money riding on this, especially if you work for a manufacturer and to have something like that happen to you. I mean, that costs, that costs Hobio and often a lot of money, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Hey, they just look the other way. And I've seen other races where, uh, people have done stuff and, oh, I didn't see it. Or, oh, well, you said that. It don't mean it happened. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's it's something I just, again, and you don't know unless you go abroad. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that everyone that races is perfect over there because everybody has their issues. But as far as the big races over there, rules are rules and they abide by them. And that's what I've always enjoyed about racing in other places. Not that... I hadn't been to great races in the USA because I have. And I haven't been in that position to where a rule affected me. But, you know, over there, I just, you know, everybody gets teched. Everybody gets teched. You know, tanks get teched before. They mark the chassis. They, you know, anything, especially sedan, when they had marked your chassis, you couldn't change chassis. Then she went back up there. I mean, it's just, it's a little hassle sometimes, but hey, it's a fair. It's fair for everyone, you know? And, for me, I'm a rules guy. I, I like that. You know, I don't like uh, well, whatever. Doesn't matter. You know, so you, you sound like Joseph now. There are rules. There are rules. But you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, right. It's just it, it, it's it's not a America versus you, uh, uh, rest of the world kind of thing. But in some cases, we do 
we do kind of sludge on the rules and it's like that, like it's not that serious. Well, then why are the rules there? Why even have anything? You know, why do anything? You, you, you can't follow certain rules and not the, and not all rules, you know, just don't have them at all, period. You know, unfortunately, I would like to say that things have changed, but they haven't. <laughs> um, in my opinion, I mean, the Nationals happens once a year and they seem to do a decent job there. I know Joey has tech at his at his race and he texts like top three and all that type of stuff. I know Joseph was involved in something similar, but he, you know, just it's it's all about who you know. All life is about who you know, too. Yeah. You know, you so, know, one thing they did in Europe, which I thought was neat. <clears throat> in uh at that race in sandy um which i don't i don't i don't know if everyone does it but i thought it was really neat is that they uh they turn marshall before you run mm-hmm. because if the cones are out there and no one's at, and your turn marshall guy if, if you're not on your cone or someone's not on your cone you don't get the race your race and yeah. it moves faster so and i see a benefit of a <clears throat> you're on the track now you get to see the track before you run because most of the time you're in the pits. If there's a hole in a jump, you don't see it because you go from mm-hmm. the pit. There. Well, if you're out there turn marshaling, you get to see. You get to see what 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 if if there's traction in one area or whatever. If there's a hole in this jump or or whatever, you get to see all that. And then you go from there straight to the driver's stand. Your guy's got your radio. Boom, you go up there and you run. But the main thing is that races go faster because somebody's out there. They're not waiting 20 minutes for somebody to get a turn marshal out there, or they they run a race and there's there's no turn marks on the left side of the track and people are crashing. Now their race is ruined because nobody because somebody was more important about their results than getting, you know, than getting back out there to turn marshal. Whereas this way, if you turn marshal first, you can sit there by that board and see your results and see everything you did because you've already turn marshaled. You know? Yep. You know what? Um I, I hate Joseph has said the same thing, and it just seems that people can't understand it. You know what I mean? And yeah. even to this day, it's like races are are held back because people people are constantly calling out for marshals. And yeah, it's either you dock them and people learn that way, or we do it a different way. So but it's hard yeah. to change things. It really is. It really is hard to change a mentality that's been 40 years in the making. So in the race in Taiwan, when you race in Taiwan, they have man, they have a lot of people out. They may have they must have club race, they might have hundred, two hundred people out there. <clears throat> and they'll get that race done. You start it. I think they start it like at like twelve o'clock. They do an hour long A main, thirty and thirty minute. The two other races are thirty minute, and then the rest are twenty. They get that done before dark. <laughs> yeah, there it's you go. Unbelievable. It's three and three rounds of qualifying. Sometimes four, mm-hmm. and you get out there. Hey, if I mean, cause you know, you're there. I don't understand what they're saying, <laughs> but you know, they're like, get your, give me your car. Give me your car. I'm like, what? You know, they take my car and put it on the, and they take off. And I'm like, okay. You know, it's <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, what just happened there? You know? And then, yeah. and then when the race is over, they grab me, go, oh, come, come on, come on. Cause you know, put me out there to turn Marshall. But it's like, they don't mess around. If you're not out mm-hmm. there, you're not out there. We went to a race where we, they told us that, uh, where were we at? Where Josh missed his qualifier because he was in a pit doing something and him and his dad and it just the race just started and that was like it just started racing out josh i said yeah i know he goes what what is all about i said they don't mess around over here bro if you're not oh, out yeah. there you, you got- <laughs> yeah they just start the race and uh mm-hmm. it sucks but it hey we didn't spend all day there you know we didn't spend i think uh 
yeah, we didn't spend all day there. But hey, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, rules are rules. Rule, <clears throat> hey, if you start doing stuff like that, people, you damn believe it, people be out there turn marshaling. Yeah. If they start, yeah, yeah and do all yeah. that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, Talent. In your time, Habao, Ofna, Hung Noor, because I want to say that's all under the same umbrella, had extreme amounts of young talent you had. You had like the Robert Badier. A lot of people don't remember that he ran he ran Habao, won a European mm-hmm. championship. Uh, with it. You know, also too is the other kid uh, that's running for S work, uh, Kanaz. Kanaz. Yeah, Kanaz. He ran hyper too. Really? Mm-hmm. It was a little he kid then. Yeah, that dude's blistering. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Hey, hey, he was bl- he was fast then. He was as a little kid. He was fast because he uh, yeah. the Obama guy told me about him. I'm like, who is this kid? And uh, I started seeing him. No, he ran hyper, and then mm-hmm. I guess now he's beating Robert now over there now. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. Robert, you had you even a lot of people don't know this, but Cavallari first started running eight scale with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember yeah. a story you told me uh, where he put his diffs in backwards because yeah, what it is that did? Well, yeah, I was supposed to do his cars, and I I did his cars, and it was fine. But some I don't know if I was out of I don't know if I was out of, out of, I think I was going uh. To the factory or something something happened where he got a car kit but i think his dad put it together and they said i hear that oh it fell apart and ryan's not happy and all this kind of stuff i'm like you know wasn't that hard i i didn't think but then i heard later that the diffs were put in backwards and this and that and it just pissed ryan off and you know so he left the team you know yeah but he but- wasn't there that long but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's all right because you had Josh Wheeler and the yeah. Wheelers. We had Wheeler. We uh, had we had Greg. Uh, you had JQ. <laughs> yeah, we had JQ. You know, and let me get the story straight on. Fast. Let me get the story straight on the JQ Paul Coleman issue. Uh, me and JQ had our issues, but I love him. I respect what he does. I and I know he was black since the first time I met him. I don't know why it took everybody else so long to figure <laughs> that out, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, when he came around the house, I look at my wife and he ordered pineapple pizza. And I'm like, who eats pineapple pizza? And I'm looking you at him I'm like, pizza? yeah, yeah. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, that dude's hair is not right. You know what I'm saying? So then I think I asked him and he told me, but yeah. But not that it makes a difference because it doesn't. But yeah, people are like, I can't believe it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but anyway. How did you meet JQ? Because you guys, you guys were well, obviously on the same team at one point. I remember when we, when we went to that race in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I tell him all the time, I've, I met you before. Uh, <clears throat> the starting grid was popular. That's what I remember reading starting yeah. grid. And mm-hmm. he was very boisterous on there. And we was there. Linus Stern was there. Yeah, um, This was practicing at the old Silver State track. Mm-hmm. And we was doing the Bermuda one. Bermuda four USA zero thing. Yeah. I think we was beating you guys every lap. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> um, <laughs> I don't remember that, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll be like, we'll race to whoever flipped over. We won. That, that's how we were doing it. But I remember Joseph there breaking in a motor. And I said to you, Paul, I was like, I thought this is, isn't JQ. He, he talks so much crap on the starting grid, but he's so quiet. And he goes, yeah, that's him. That's just how he is. And he's just there quiet tuning his engine, breaking his engine in. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, you, you guys, you guys got along and yeah, he, st- <sighs> he stayed with me and my wife for a little bit when he come to town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and just, you know, I want to save him some money and stuff like that. Cause he didn't, I think he didn't have a whole lot of money that time. It, it's, it's nothing's changed, <laughs> but yeah. <clears throat> and I, I, uh, he talked about making his own car and he's a smart cat 
and uh you know why not help him you know and, and mm -hmm. it, it wasn't and i didn't know he was black at the time but it didn't really matter you know i still invited him into my home and then i figured that out but it's like it wasn't it didn't really matter but uh you know his, uh, his last name isn't even finnish that's what a lot of people don't understand it's not from finland it's from ghana ah i didn't know his See, grandfather know is from ghana yeah i didn't i didn't see i didn't even know that yeah um that's why i was telling him we gotta go to ghana to meet his relatives but so. yeah so yeah we, we became friends and and then uh you know he got hooked up with Obio, and like i said that's uh he just started doing his own thing but yeah. we got a little like brother like everybody knows of yeah yeah it's just you know it's just you know of course the, the toe is always in the middle of everything so greg was kind of <laughs> in the middle of it but you know he says some stuff that pissed me off and i said some stuff to piss him off and then uh you know i owe him some money for the car and i told him i'd never pay him but i will i just you know at that point it's just pride you know it's like screw you who, do you, who the hell you think you're talking to on both of our ends you know <laughs> so he'll eventually he did. he'll eventually get his money but it's just now it's just it's just uh it was uh more about uh I want to kill him right now. That's how that's how I feel. Like this week, I was having a good week with him last week. This week, I want to kill him. But you can't deny his his tenacity yeah. and his intelligence. Well, you, you, and if you if you if you, I know he gets a bad rap, but you have to appreciate what he's done. You know, look at what he's done. Not in, not everybody can just start a uh, their own car company like he did. I mm. mean. You gotta respect him, whether you like him or not. I mean, he has a right. He has an opinion. He has a right to use it. So you know, if you either agree with him or don't, but you gotta respect what he's done up to this point. Period. You know, like I said, my issue with him is just me and him personal, but mm -hmm. it's just a small thing. And like I said, but I don't. I, I still have as much respect for him, and uh, it's just you know, it just is what it is. It is what it is. Wheelers, I want to talk about them. Um, you had a super great relationship with them. Oh, I love um, you know, father, son, yeah. and the two sons. Josh was the faster of of one. I hope I, I, I met him again at um Silver State last year, and I said I want to get you on the podcast. I need to get him on the podcast. This, <clears throat> this dude is one of the most naturally talented people to ever touch a control and doesn't practice and uh, never practice and doesn't practice and he's doing oh. straight up at Silver State and he didn't do shabby. Yeah, no, that's you know. What, well, I think. He's got a family now. So mm -hmm. back in the day, although he didn't practice, he had other stuff going on and stuff. But now since he's, I think he's got his second child now or something, and he's married and got a family, he's, you know, doing his business and stuff. I think it's a little different now. But uh, yeah, he's the most talented driver, one of the most talented driver I've ever seen because he never, he never practiced and he's great to be around with a track. Never really gets upset, you know. Even when things go bad, he just, you know, I've never seen him get mad and angry and start yelling. He never, he's, he's never yelled at me or never said anything derogatory toward me. He, anybody in his family, you know, and, uh, and you know, his dad is, you know, his dad is just his dad. You know, you, you, you can't, you cannot love that, not love that guy. I remember, uh, you don't know David Rockmore, but he tried to take him down one time in the hotel room in Amarillo. It's part of the funniest thing I've ever seen because Dave's like six, six. 320 pounds and and wheeler uh tried to try to wrestle with him in the hallway so it's the funniest thing but that that family and you got justin who wasn't quite as fast as uh josh but mm -hmm. held his own i mean mm -hmm. you know again neither one of them practiced 
And I think uh, at that time, Justin was riding more motorcycles than he was RC cars. So he just kind of show up and, okay, I run. But it was a pleasure to have those guys on my team because they they made Hyper what it was, I believe. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, and Greg, and Greg helped out a lot too, you know. But originally it was the wheelers that, that put Hyper on the map for us. And I think your your relation. I remember your relationship with them. They were like they loved you. Like I remember you were like hugging. Like just was just a great yeah relationship with you. And they yeah. they just admired you so much. And um, I remember we went to the Offner race. We had a lot of we had Matt Gosh was there, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was me, you, Keyman. I don't know if Paul was there. I don't know if sorry. I don't know if Mark was there. But that was a great Mark race was. when we went in Charlotte. Yeah, huh? was, Ray was no, there. Mark was there. Mark was there. Okay. Mark was there and Ray was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um just such an awesome atm- atmosphere i just remember that and, and obviously you know josh wheeler himself has an amazing amazing story period mm-hmm. and um i need we need to tell that i need to i need to get in contact with him but yeah. such you know such the admiration and love that i saw between you guys is amazing yeah, and um i think i think we had a really good team i mean josh obviously mm-hmm. anchored it'd be josh and then and then ray um as far as the the speed and then uh that was before Greg, but then of course when Greg came, when the eight the eight series came out, the eight series wasn't as good as the seven, but Greg did the best he could with it, you know. But he was just kind of, kind of fighting a, fighting a battle with one hand tied behind his back, kind of. But he did the best he could. I mean, the toes another person that can drive, he just can drive, you know. It's always mm-hmm. good, and so it was an honor to have him on my team as well. But uh, you know, it's uh, we we had a good team. I you know it just. It was a good time in RC, period. Yeah, you know, and I was going to ask you, is uh, since I've been out of it, God, 12 years, if not longer, is it, does it seem like it's the same now, like it back then? I know people always say, back then we did all this, but it seems like back then there was more racing, more traveling, more money. It it seemed different. Am am I right or no? RC has changed. RC has changed a lot, and a lot of things have stayed the same. And, um, I'm going to tell you what Greg always says to people when what he likes, because he only races like three or four times a year. Yeah. And he says, I like going to these races with the, and being in the JQ pits because it reminds me of what it was like when I was racing. Mm. Like lots of fun, jokes, banter, yeah. bullshit, like stuff like that. And yeah. you go to these races, Paul, you went, I went to DNC this year, my third time. And the atmosphere was like just everybody was. I mean, I like this. I like it, but it was so serious. It was so everybody now, Paul, is a pro too. That's the other thing. You know, <laughs> remember when I couldn't even get a t shirt? Yeah. From, like we couldn't get t shirts. Now everybody t shirts with a thousand sponsors, their names in the back. And every single person <clears throat> that picks up a control. I think for me, I think more people are still doing it for fun, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But there's so many races out there, so many big races, and everybody's going to this big race, and every race is trying to be the next big race. And every person who thinks they have a little bit of speed thinks they're going to be a pro. And it's unfortunate. And the the industry just isn't growing like it should be. In fact, it's it's shrinking. And this is a good thing that Bess and I talked about. And it's actually, sh- people don't want to f- admit it, but it's actually shrinking as an industry, in my opinion. But see, then people throw up entries. Oh, we had 900 entries at this one, 700 entries at this race. Yes, you did. But calm your tits. We had 300 people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is still good. Yeah, yeah. But we used to have 300 and 400 people at big races. Yep. And with one class, one mm-hmm. class, yeah. you know? Yep. 
so in that way it's changed a lot and it's very pc now um i know you come from like the attitude era of rc as well so you know like just people freak out for every little thing and everything gets blown well, it's internet it's the world everything gets blown up for everything i mean i'm part of that i'm, I'm part of a media guy if something happens i want to talk about it well i'm, I'm but, glad i'm glad i uh i raised in that area because as you know i did a lot of stuff that can <laughs> we talk about the body slamming or we not going to talk about that? <laughs> no comment. I, I, you know, I can be a hothead. You may you know? have. Some, I, I, I heard this. I and, oh, didn't hothead. you throw Joseph in a trash can or something? You oh, used to I used put to love in trash can. Yeah, I used to love put uh, tra uh, Joseph in a trash can and uh, who else? Another little kid I used to put in the trash Tyler can. Vick. Tyler Vick. Uh, oh, yeah, I used to love to put those. Yeah. Yeah. But it was fun. And I think a lot of that's gone. And I still think we have professional these I've considered these guys professional drivers, professional athletes to an extent. Obviously, it's nothing physical. Yeah. But I still think we don't have a level of professionalism in RC that we're lack that we're extremely lacking. There's no <clears throat> as a young driver, there's no road, no path to becoming a pro. There obvious there is not. Like and I just have it, it's funny. I see a bunch of, you know, these people are so called sponsors. I'm like, you know, all they are all I see is a bunch of little hobby shops running around. Because that's basically what, you know, because the hobby shops are dead. There's, there's only yeah. one hobby shop here in Vegas now. When back in the day, there was about four or five. There's only one. And now, but you got a bunch of little hobby shops running around. That's why everybody's getting these little, oh, 50 off deals and stuff like that. I'm like, you're a little hobby shop. You just don't realize that, you know, the pros. You know, unfortunately, mm -hmm. that's just the way, the, like yeah. a couple of companies start. And that's just how they, like we do it at JQ Racing. Yeah. Well, what I tried to bring for myself is I, that's just, this is why I have a lot of stress too. I get to know pretty much everyone, every person that I, I talk to people around the world daily. Mm -hmm. Sometimes my phone goes too much and I have to just ignore it. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to, I try to treat people how I wanted to be. I would like to be treated exactly. if I was a part of something. So exactly. I'm not saying other companies don't do that, but yeah, you're right, man. It's like, unfortunately, we, everybody wants a deal and everybody thinks they should get the best deal. And every single person from your era and before is like, that's just not how it was. And I do agree. We do need to go back to that somehow, some way, but we also need to figure out how to make this uh, more cost, uh, more viable for more people to get into RC because it is expensive without these deals. But yeah. the problem is we have all given everybody deals. So costs have to go up and we have less people. So costs have to be more. Yeah. If we have more people racing RC cars you or into the, cars RC, down the bashing, yeah. yeah, the bashing market is fine. Yeah. They, they are, that's the biggest market. They got this, hey, well, that's, this awesome thing. But that's why Traxxas has never got into racing. I see, but I, they did, I, they got I, out. Well, I mean, not, they, they never made an eight scale. You know, no, no, like no. I remember uh, Jason Toys is where their factory was in Taiwan next to Hobao. And I remember talking to him, I'm like, why don't you guys make an eight scale? And they're like, well, yeah, we don't really do that. You know, that's that's not our that's not our niche. Kind of like Dave was at uh, Ofna. It wasn't the hyper and the jammers that kept us on top. It was those ultra GTLXs that you never saw that we sold for 300 bucks. You know, those are the ones that 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 was our money. You know, and we sell. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, we sold so many of those things. But you'd never see them around. I mean, very rarely would you see one of them around. But that's it's the basher market is the one that kept us going. It's not the racing. It's not the racing market. Yeah. And look at Traxxas. And it's true to this day. Yeah, look at Traxxas. They don't, they, again, you said they had a race car. I don't know which one it was. I got, was that the well, electric back in the 90s, early 90s? 
They yeah. even were a stock yeah. national champion and modified national champion. But, but, and then they got out of RC, like racing, yeah. RC racing. Yeah, but see, they never, I know Mike Patel raced for them a little bit, but they never Rebo. really, they, yeah, they never really got into the big market stuff. Like, you think they couldn't have made an eight, a cool eight scale? Even now with the designers they have? Oh, I'm sure they could, but why? <laughs> you know? Oh, uh, yeah. They, I think they could, they can probably build one of the baddest ass oh, yeah. and they can race have, teams in RT. Oh yeah, they can they afford so to money. they can afford to take all these people that are switching teams. They could probably take Tebow, Cavalieri, um and whoever else and put them on one team and still, you know, wouldn't wouldn't really cause them any any grief, you know, easily if mm -hmm. they wanted to, but that's not their deal and they don't have to. So no. RC is growing, don't get me wrong, but not an our our sect, our genre, um, unfortunately. So we're trying though, but it's hard because it's it comes back to old mindsets, still doing the same thing over and over, over again, expecting different results. And <clears throat> we need to hit it from all. I say this all the time. We need to hit growing RC racing from all angles. So uh, right now, I will tell you what's booming is this no prep RC stuff. So yeah, I, I a guy that told me that that they do it out here at the IKEA. And they said that some guy from Hawaii walked away with like four grand or something. I'm like, what? Um, yeah, they do. <laughs> I was like, what? You know? Yeah, they do cash races. They're, it's coming there. I might be there next year. My but actually, I have uh, uh, Tyler. He's he does it. And he's he was telling me he's got a hundred people and it's a hundred dollar pie in. Yeah. And now he's a hundred people signed up for it yeah. for next year. And then the one guy That's that insane. that uh, I think his name is Rocco or something. That he he has like a little garage hobby shop. I guess you can call it. But he's like, yeah, I got a kid. It's 1200 bucks. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> I was like, yeah. It's a, it's from uh, Losi and some other different, uh, from what I think a Losi car and some other parts he made, but yeah. $1,200? I was like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you know who's big into it now? Dibs. Dibs? Yeah, Dibs is Dibs wants some money. He's big into it now. I was talking to him the other day. Wait a minute. Dibs, Dibs from Oklahoma? Yeah, I met him uh, <laughs> oh, wow. a few years ago. I didn't know that. I haven't heard that's 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 uh Mark's old buddy. Well, still, I guess Mark hadn't talked to him in a while, but yeah, they I think they talk every once in a while, but yeah, Dibs. Okay, I know Dibs is always in the RC doing something, something. Wow, he's doing drag racing. Okay, no prep. I just talked to him the other day, too. Good for him. Good for him. Well, tell him I said hi. It's been a minute. Bill, <clears throat> do. Um, all right, so. You, what was you, you, you're doing all this. When did you def, like get out of Ofna? And what was some of the reasons for you leaving Ofna? Um, because you went to Axial Robotronics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the true story is, <laughs> the true story is that, uh, I got in a little altercation with a, uh, a, a, a worker, uh, that I work with me, uh, you know, Steve, Steve Newen. We got a little. Oh, I don't know him, but yeah, he was the the Asian guy you saw that was there. You saw him with glasses. Oh, he used to be the owner guy. The owner guy. Yes, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. We had a little altercation, and um, you know, we're st he probably the only people I talk to right now from <laughs> from Ofna, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we got a little altercation about that time. And Axial was I went to get some Starbucks, which is a couple blocks away, and I ran into and I saw the Axial. I'm thinking, what is that? And then. One of the guys was in line right behind me and he saw my off the shirt on. He's oh, you're off me. Where you? I said, well, we're right around the building. He said, yeah, we want to get some nitro stuff going on here. We're mostly going to do crawler stuff. And I was like, Hmm. So 
I started talking to him. And since thing over there, it kind of hit the wall a little bit with uh, me and Steve. And uh, I just said, you know what? I think it's my time. So that's when I left. And then I was well, like, I didn't even know that happened, honestly. Um, yeah, it got, again, I've, you know, I flew off the handle, to be honest with you. He said some things he probably shouldn't have said because we had a, a we had a, a client in town. I needed him to go do some stuff, and he didn't want to do it. And since, uh, you know, he was under me, I felt that he should do it. And he he just said, you know, said some stuff that I think that had been building up. And uh, one thing led to another, and then here we go. <laughs> so... Uh, like kind of like a Steve Dunn situation, if you know what I mean. So, um, and I just decided, you know, I'm just, it's, it, it, it's too personal now. I need to just walk away. <laughs> and, uh, and I did. So that's what really happened. Regardless of what people and then, tell you. Yeah. Then you went to Axial Robotronics. I know like talking to you, wasn't really happy there. I mean, well, Axial got really big oh uh, yeah but I, you know I me mean, I, I i'm not an electric guy i don't even know how to charge batteries to this day so it just and the crawler was too slow for me but we tried to uh uh work with the robotronic truggy and buggy and it just it was horrible 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 platform and then we tried to make engines uh little axle engines which yeah they were okay but they're <clears throat> they weren't race level and i think for us to sell an engine it need to be race level but we couldn't put the money into it that we needed to put into it to make it race level. And they didn't want to. So it's like, you know, it is what it is. So about that time, that's when I left, um, to, uh, that's when I, uh, my kids were in Texas and they were uh, going to be in high school. So I figured this was a good time to, uh, get out of it and go be with my twins. And that's what I did. Yeah. And you kind of bounced around. You did, Still flirt with RC a little bit here and there. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. but I was never. Yeah, was you kind of had a bitter taste in your mouth. I remember just talking to you, and I said, like, "Come on, man, let's get back into it." And you just nah. But I, yeah. I, you know what? I one hundred ten percent understand why. Yeah. And then I, that's when JQ came out with his car, and I was like, "Oh, you know, that kind of that kind of got me excited a little bit, only because you know he he did what he said he was gonna do, and you know it got me going a little bit, but that didn't last too long, and it's just, you know, and mm. then there I didn't have the. I didn't have the money to travel and go to the places that I was normally could do. And, uh, and I just couldn't. And if you can't race at that level, you get used to racing, being able to go where you want to. Uh, it's tough to not be able to do that no more or can't afford to do that. And, uh, mm -hmm. that kind of, that kind of led to me giving it up too. And just saying like, I'm done, you know? Yeah. So, but you're, you're in a good spot now. You're working out of the industry um you uh, do you really want to do we can we talk about how you're gonna be kind of getting back into rc yeah or? yeah yeah chris higa you know i got in with the little fist scale a little, running that a little bit and uh uh something different you know it's not eight scale but it's something different uh and uh chris higa uh, he's the engineer uh fist scale guy at the losi kind of said hey you know, I need somebody to bounce some stuff off of and do a little testing. You know, you can help me out a little bit. And uh, I think um, Josh Alton does the same. You know, something to bounce ideas off of and just to, you know, just to, you know. And uh, I said, okay, sweet. And I was, uh, Kyosho was always uh, took care of me. So I, I had a, uh, a 
kill show that was running that but of course you know i didn't really run mm-hmm. so i told uh derek over there and uh hey i'm just gonna see where this takes me you know thank you for their oh, they've always helped me um even when i wasn't racing which was which was really cool of steve pond and derek Fratani. But um, I met him finally. I didn't oh, really? even know it was him. Yeah, uh, at DNT, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, you're the infamous Derek Fortani." Yeah, like, and uh, that's a cool dude, man. Yeah, that's a cool dude. You've you've met some cool people. You used to always race with Reggie Tong, who I finally met. Yeah, and he's still the, racing like crazy. What was racing like with Reggie? Reggie's fun. I mean, actually, we've only been to a couple races together. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it was like you know he was always on one side, I was on the other side, but uh, uh. He's just a great person, man. He's just mellow, yeah. cool. He kind of like me, kind of kind of bounces between cars, you know, <laughs> you know. And yeah. uh, uh, but that's Reggie, man. And just like I said, it's just just a good Jew and a really solid driver. You know, he's no Mayfield, but you know, he, he goes, he holds his own, but he holds his own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's consistent. You know, his and I see him run. I think the last time I raced was at the. Uh, so the nationals, I think I went to that and, um, he was there and just to watch him race. He, he races, uh, he's on a line. His every lap is pretty much the same with him, which is, which I've always strived to do, which I never have been able to do. Uh, he's always in the same place. His car is always in the same place and he finishes where I can do three or five really good laps. And then I'm like, I'm looking somewhere else for the next lap or something crazy happening. And I, I've, I've never been able to hone that in, but people like that, that can do that from lap to lap to lap, it's great. You know, I really admire that about Reggie and just his, and his personality. He's so mellow and see, I, I get ramped up as you know, I get excited, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm doing good. I, I hate to hear, don't, you want to mess me up, call my name. Cause then I really get messed up. Cause then I just get so amped, <laughs> you know? And that's yeah. when you start messing up where Reggie, you know, Reggie's just always the same, just, you know, one to ten, he's about a six all the time. Just, just mellow and cool. And guys that have that kind of temperament do really well in RC. You know, they don't ever get too high, they never get too low, and they drive the same. But me, I'm just, I'm just not wired that way. I get all heart pumping and stuff. Uh, you know, and I have chewing a tie wrap. That was your thing. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. or, or just chewing gum or mm-hmm. something. I got yeah. that. I got that from Tim Long. Tim Long used to just destroy. <laughs> Uh, tie wraps, man. It's like, oh, yeah. And like when Ray drive, Ray's like crying up there, you know, where he's so focused in his eyes, you know, he's like he's crying up there. And like, yeah. you know, you, you could you could drive next to somebody and you could talk to him, and Ray would never answer me because he's so focused. Where I could be driving, winning the race, and you say, "Hey, man," I'm like, "Hey, what's up, man?" I mean, it's just <laughs> my concentration, you know. I'm just like, I, I, you know, I should be concentrated over here, but I could have a conversation or. Or got rabbit ears. I can hear somebody talking over there. You know, it's just that's just that's just me. You know, awesome. where people like I'll that. Bermuda one, yeah. USA zero. <laughs> so where people like that can concentrate and tune everything out, and those are the really, really, really great drivers that can do that. You know, and I, I wish. Oh, that's. Hmm? I know. I'm just listening to you. I can hear the passion coming out in you. It's good to hear. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's an unfinished painting. <laughs> yeah, I just wish stuff like that I could. I was better but at. You, 
I, I think it's good because you're coming back because I, one of the things I want to touch on before we close is diversity in RC. We talk about this a lot when we, you know, when we have chatted and I've, I'm, I've told you like one of my girls was to make the first of, of color, mm -hmm. you know, black or brown or whatever, yeah. you know, cause I try not, I like, I love everybody, but I want to see the first, like first Lewis Hamilton, first Malcolm Stewart, I'm sorry, Malcolm or Bubba <clears throat> Stewart in RC, which we haven't really, we haven't had. Yeah. Uh, RC is more diverse than I would say than when we got started many years ago. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it was Eustace and you that were mm -hmm. like, and then it was that dude who had the word Afro who used to raise fifth scale. What was his name? Oh, oh Derek uh, Apolsky, Pawlowski or something. S something like yeah. that. that. He was just, yeah, he's he always at an Afro. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Pawlowski, I think. Yeah, it was yeah. weird. He was mm -hmm. like Polish, but like mixed. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely, we're we're seeing more diversity. When I mean diversity, we're seeing more women racing now. Mm -hmm. We're seeing more more of Latinos. We're seeing a little bit more black racers racing, and of course, a lot of this is like guys that used to race, like Cody, uh, Mitch used to race, so now Cody's racing. Mm -hmm. well, how about you? When you was coming up and doing this, did you did you have did you encounter things like this? Um, well, yeah. Encounter any type of racism? Did you have to put people in their place? Um, how was it back when you was coming up? You know, I, I can't. I, I can't honestly say nobody ever said anything to me to my face because well, you know they, they. Yeah. Yeah. I no one ever you know you know called me the n word or or I, I never really saw that. But then I was so focused on racing, I didn't. Maybe I just didn't see it. Um, mm -hmm. Cause every, I mean, I got along with everybody and, uh, and then it was, like I said, you got, uh, um, on my phone, Oop. something happened to my computer here. I can still hear you. Okay. Um, it was, uh, you know, Roy, uh, Roy Johnson, uh, Willis McNeil, uh, Kevin Harris, I mean, I can count them on my hand. How many brothers you saw at the track? Uh, mm -hmm. And and that that was pretty it. That was pretty much it. And then later on, Chris. Well, I'm sorry. Chris Nelson's always been around. That dude's always. Yeah, yeah. Been he around. was racing some yeah, her recently. Yeah, yeah. He's always been around. So you got Chris Nelson. That's really about it. You know, when we saw each other, we always you know gave each other dap and talked to each other and stuff like that. But you know, and and I go to these races where you know I go to St. Louis and you'd always see um, God. What's his name? You know what I'm talking about from St. Louis. Uh, he's a coach. Uh, can I think of his name now? He's gonna kill me. He was uh, Nigel, Nigel Wilson. Oh, Nigel Townsend. Townsend, yeah, Townsend. Yeah. I always yeah. see Nigel, but it it just be Nigel, <laughs> you know. So mm -hmm. it's like you you go to this place and you don't see a whole lot of us. And, and I always think, oh, it'd be great to be some more brothers around. And and when I got in it, Eustace had been out of it, and he came back for like a minute, a hot minute, and then disappeared again. So it was good to see him. Um, but you know, I, I always saw it. But I guess I just didn't really pay attention to it, and no one really ever made me feel uncomfortable, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and maybe again, nobody ever said anything to me. <laughs> I'm sure some people maybe thought some stuff, but no one ever said anything to me. And I just, right. I guess it it wasn't that big of a deal to me because I didn't see it as that big of a deal because I wasn't really mm -hmm. focused on it, you know. But even that little short time that I've been back now, I see a lot of people just. You know, a lot more brothers bashing at the track out here. And I'm like, oh, sweet. There's a guy that came out with a car a couple of weeks ago. And 
It's all messed up. And I say, hey, man, I'll fix your car for you. Well, how much is it going to be? I said, I ain't charging you nothing, brother. Just give me your car. Let me take it home and let me get you right. Because right now they're right. So there's about three mm-hmm. or four of them that I've done that to here locally in Vegas to just got them, you know, just just to just to get them hooked. You know, I said, I'll, I'll right. work on your car, man, you know, until you can do it. Just just bring it to my house. Because uh, one cat, he's, a, he's an older guy. I think he's older than me. His name is JC. He and he drives an electric truck with bald tires. And the guy gets around this track really well. He got an eight-scale Mugen. And he's already fast. And this dude's 60-something years old. <laughs> I told him, I said, man, if you'd have raced back in the day, you know, mm-hmm. you who knows what could what could be. And then, um, but what little I've seen, uh, you talking about that, the next champion, I think it's going to be, you know, who's in line. And I've, I haven't seen your, the guys you're talking about from uh, Mississippi or whatever, but Steve Harris, Steve Darnell, Knucklehead, whatever you want to call him. I saw, I finally got to see him drive after 15 years at the world's. This dude just showed up for qualifying and put it down on that track on the first qualifier. Like he, he never had any practice on the track and he TQ every round and that was his practice. And yeah. going to see him from when I saw him, when he ran a scale back in the day to see him. I mean, I felt like it was my son. I was so proud of him. I was like, Oh my God, you know? And he, I mean, he just looks like he's at, he might be the guy you're talking about. Cause and in, back in the day, we always used to give him a hard time by not taking it serious. And I think he's taking it a lot serious when he used to. Uh, but that kid's amazing. Yeah. That kid's amazing. I want you to see Cody and Ashton go at some t- some point. One day we'll see yeah. it. But how do you think we, I mean, obviously we want to grow RC. Yeah. Right. But how do you think we can di- diversify it a little bit more? Or is it just going to take time? I think it's just going to take time. The more people like your Cody and his dad gets into it. His friends come to the track. I try to get my son into it. He he drove it a couple of laps. He's like, here, you know, I want to do something mm-hmm. else. And uh, I think the more people that you have come to the track and put their control in their hand, and they're either going to like it or not, you know? It just is. It's just going to like it or not. And the more, more, the more friends and cousins and relatives we can invite out to, hey, man, I'm going to race my car. Come check it out. I think that's going to be the way we're going to get more diversity because they'd be like, oh, man, this is kind of cool. And then maybe helping them work on their stuff. Maybe if you are sponsored to get another backup car or whatever so they could drive, you know what I'm saying? Just to get them into it more. I think right now that's that's a really good way to, to get more of us involved, you know, because mm-hmm. it ain't like they, they're going to see it on TV. So the only time they're going to be able to experience it is to be at the go to the track and actually drive a car. So that means yeah. they don't know what we do. Yeah. Nobody, not, not just yeah. for any, yeah. most of the world. Yeah. So we, I, can, I have, we're going to have to bring them to the sorry, track. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. We're going to have to bring them to the track if we're going to get them into it. Yeah. I like to say this, man. <clears throat> I, I get along with everybody. I'm multiracial. You know mm-hmm. me? Like I'm mixed all up. Yeah. I, I, I like to say this no matter what color, race, political background, Religion, the one common denominator that we have at the end of the day is that we all love this crazy thing called RC. And you got to be even more mental to love this RC race and stuff. Mm. And that's the one common denominator that brings us together at the end. And if we could focus on that and 
just you know the world's a little bit crazy right now let's be realistic <laughs> oh yeah and um yeah we need to remember what we what we do and what what good you know and just i think we just need to be good to people period no matter what color you are and exactly uh i think we need to focus on rc and that's the one thing that we all enjoy together mm-hmm. so like that's said, my focus like too. i said if, and if you're focused on that all the other stuff you don't see it like i said that's just yeah i i you know my RC career, I was, I guess I had blinders on because I just, I just, you know, that wasn't really the, I just didn't focus mm-hmm. on that. I, again, it might have hit me right in the face. I just did not notice it because I was too busy right. <laughs> working on my car, doing this and whatever. I just, I never really saw it. I never really saw it. FYI, I, I would like to make the first of color champion, but right now I, I, I want, any, I want to be involved in making any type of champion, to be honest. So exactly. we have a lot of young exactly. kids. We have a exactly. young, young, great men on, on RC mm-hmm. and on in the JQ team. And that's what I was thinking about it today. It's it's very diverse. Um, we just, you know, we just, I just like to see a little bit more. Oh, yeah. And it is. I it's would getting too. there. I would too. Because I, yeah. like I said, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, somebody walking by, give you would, just give them, like I said, just put a remote in their hand just, just to see. Because you'd be surprised. I mean, the first, like I said, Ozzy gave me that, and I tried to drive it. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool, you know? And I was hooked from then. But if he had, yeah. if he had never would have done that, I never would have, uh, I wouldn't be here today. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what it takes. Of, of course, man, of course. Inviting, inviting a relative or a cousin or somebody you think may not be into it, hey, come to the track. Just just roll with me for a little bit and see, what you, you know, see if you like it. You might be for surprised, sure. man might be well my man it was an awesome time catching up with you um we gotta do it we gotta meet we gotta link up uh hey, at some point not a problem and, uh, brother no. go hang out i don't drink anymore i don't say i shouldn't drink anymore but i've stopped drinking for a little while but um you know i don't, oh, man, I don't, I I don't remember you I don't, anyway. I don't remember you drinking <laughs> what i don't I, used, I didn't drink i used to swallow drink, I don't, you know what i mean i don't remember you know me I, i'm a social drink i really don't i don't think i had a drink in like oh, no. three or four years I to, but i used to drink you guys under the ground i don't remember i don't remember you drinking oh yeah <laughs> then you didn't. In, in bermuda of course i never used to be at the track without a beer in my hand man i'm telling you i don't not when i was racing i don't when I was racing, then i don't remember it bro I don't remember. but no um yeah, I definitely like to hang out because we used to go hang out a lot too. That's what we, I don't know how I had the energy to go and go, you know, just go have dinner and just hang out for a little bit with you after a few guys. Um, I was younger then too. Can't do it nowadays. <clears throat> but um, you're only forty. Thank you for coming. You're just a baby. I'm, I'm forty-two, <laughs> and I have a, I have a young family that roughed me right up, and I have to look after JQ. So that uh, well, that right there, that right there, that's like having a third baby. That right there. Yeah. Did he ever get yeah. married or anything? No. Who's gonna marry him? I know he Who's had, gonna put up with his shit. I know. I remember seeing his one girlfriend. I was like, what? Go ahead. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I was he, like, wow. He, he's had some pretty girlfriends. Yeah, that's for sure. I was like, what? So I, I would hope <laughs> that uh, I'm like, really? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, he's too. He's re-virginizing right now, hoping that he'll be fast again. <clears throat> so <laughs> that's what we call it. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, man, would you like to shout out to anybody before we, we sign off her? Uh, can't really think of anybody. Just shout out to all the people that that used to race with that are probably still racing. I look forward to seeing again, including yourself. Even uh even 
Kimon if he ever shows up again. Who knows? And of course, Kimon, Paul's calling you out. Yeah, Come to a race. And, and uh, I'd love to cut up Tima if I get a chance. And uh, oh, Tima made the podcast. Was, was it Tima Dijon? I'm trying to remember the uh, Tima Dijon, Dijon. Abba. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Just shout out to all the people, man, that I've met in RC and who I haven't seen in a long time. And hopefully, uh, I can see him again in a race and and those uh those young boys you're talking about that are doing really good. I yeah. love to see them. I just I love to see kids that are fast, man. Especially mm-hmm. you know, especially uh young kids that, you know, like you the ones that you're talking about. I just man, it's just it's like I just I get a rush on that, you know. Uh yeah. just see how many laps they put on me. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I don't mind losing. For sure. I don't like it, but I don't For mind sure. it. I, I, it's like it's like somebody asked me right quick. So well, you, you know, they got the intermediate class and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, what? No, nah, bro. I said, I'm going to get in the pro grass. Oh, you can't race those 40 guys. 40 plus. 40 plus. Yeah. 40 plus. You know, I you said. do 40 plus. Here's, That's competitive, dude. Man, I don't care. 40 plus is super competitive. I, I, I don't care. I want to get beat. I want to get beat by the best ones that are there. And I know a lot of good ones or any other classes that just want that want that little trophy, but it ain't like that for me, you know. <laughs> I uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get beat by them, you know. Because then, in my words, in my my way, I look at it like, okay, I was this, and I got just destroyed this first. So then I have something to build on, you know. Mm-hmm. I had a guy that I sponsored. I'm not gonna say his name. I heard his racing again. He's in like the, he started off in the sportsman. This is the guy that, that was 100% with me back in the day. Well, how are you in the sportsman now? You know, carving up these little kids that show up at the track with the, you know, with the kit box still. You know, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, nah, bro. I'm going to take my lumps. I'm, I'm going to go out there and get put get uh, get put laps on by the best. And I'm I'm cool with that. I have, none, I have nothing to prove. In my mind, it'll make me come back, you know. Maybe I'll Sweet. get maybe I'll get better, maybe I won't, but uh you know, that's as long what, as you have fun. Yeah, that's what drives me. That's main, you know, but yeah, as long as you have fun. Yeah, Bermuda one, USA zero. USA <laughs> zero. All right, my brother. All right, I will talk to you later. Thank you, and I look forward to following you on your journey back into RC. And I want to get a fifth scale at some point and race. Well, so I want a truck. The trucks, but uh, one day, the trucks are nasty, man. I know. <laughs> All right, my dude. Well, thank you. I Thank you, it. and I'll talk to you later. All right, sounds good. NNRC listeners, are you currently having trouble trying to get the power down to the ground? Well, don't you worry. Papa Willie's Traction Tonic has you covered for all your RC tire traction needs. Whether you race on carpet, concrete, dirt, loose, dry, slick, or high-grip surfaces, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic cures for traction. Benefits of using Papa Willie's Tonic Traction is going to be more traction, long-lasting, light tire wear, sweet scent, clean application, fast-acting, fresh fill. Papa's Willie Traction Tonic is also safe on foam inserts and does not deteriorate tire glue. Find and follow Papa Willie's Traction Tonic on Facebook and Instagram. You can also visit them at www.papawillies.net. Use the promo code NNRC at checkout for 10% off. Prepare for victory with the one and only Papa Willie's Traction Tonic. It's that time for the RC Gypsy Tales brought to you by Rob's Oil, your one-stop shop for all of your AMSOIL products. 
when we get back to America, we are going to be ordering our oil from www.robsoil.com, getting it sent to Westgard's house so we have everything ready for the Janky JQ van when we drive it back to the East Coast, which Joseph doesn't really know about yet, but we are kind of driving it to the East Coast somehow, some way. Maybe I'll unmute him so he can say something. But uh, why should you use robsoil.com? Because Robsoil, he's, he's an RC guy. And uh, he really likes the, uh, the podcast. Him and his son listen to it. He races RC cars. And, I mean, you can order all of your Amsoil products. And why should you run Amsoil products? I mean, Amsoil makes top quality synthetic lubricants for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, four-wheeler, snowmobile, lawnmower, and anything else with an engine. All them gas boats I had uh, on my video feed the other day. It would have been nice to have some Amsoil for them back in the day. Amsoil lubricants, Amsoil lubricants are designed to help your equipment run at peak efficiency and last longer. Join the millions of proud Amsoil users by experiencing the difference. Oil, all Amsoil products are formulated, blended, and packaged in the USA. So please go to www.robsoil.com, order your oil, and thank you, Rob, for bringing the RC Gypsy Tales. So, JQ, you have a story for us this week. You are an avid traveler of the wonderful, wild, far east. Yep. Yeah. And you do it gypsy style. China travel, China travel stories. And you do it gypsy style and like you experience the culture of the countries as well. Yeah. Well, this is no such story. This is different, but this is one story where I was really confused. And another way, the only time I've really actually been scared for my life or health, at least. You want to hear that? Sure. Oh, maybe I've heard this before, but let's go. You'll see. I don't know. First one. So I was traveling home from my manufacturer, I believe. I had a domestic flight in China. So when you fly on a Chinese airline in China, everything's in Chinese. No one speaks English. So I'm just flying. A few hours flight. It was at night also. So this was like late at night i'm super tired we're just flying and then we start to land and i'm like well that's weird because we're like halfway or something we just land so the plane lands and everyone's just stays sitting i have no idea what's going on no one speaks english and then people start leaving <laughs> i'm like what i look outside it like we're in the middle of nowhere it doesn't even look like a commercial airport it's just like some landing strip in the middle of nowhere. There's no lights, can't see shit, really, except that <laughs> the runway. <laughs> so everyone leaves. I tried to find out what's going on. No one around me speaks any English. No idea. So I see everyone's taking their things. So I just take my things and I leave the plane and then follow everyone into this, like, not even a terminal building. It's like a hangar, pretty much. So then I'm there and I'm just like trying to find out what's going on. No clue. And we spent, I don't know how many hours there. So eventually I, I remember I just busted out the laptop and started working. And then finally people start leaving. So I'm like, okay, am I supposed to leave now? Because there had been some other groups also that came and went. And I don't know anymore. Like 
I was trying to remember some of the people that were on the same plane as me. So at least I could get on the same plane when we left. So then, yeah, I saw these people, you know, start gathering at the doors and I figured, well, I guess I have to leave now too. And then eventually we just boarded the plane again and continued. And <laughs> I was just like, what the hell is this? So what I think it was, was that there was bad weather. And just to avoid that, we had to stop. We had to land somewhere for a while. But yeah, it was just a weird experience. So if you Do ever you travel, if you ever travel like that in a country where you don't know the language at all, you can't read anything because everything's just squiggly lines to you. Yeah, you can you end up in some weird situations where you just need to be patient. And I'm not a very patient person, so I don't know how I made it through that. That is odd. Do you remember back in the day, like making connection flights and not having to leave the plane? Like I would fly yeah, into only once or twice I've done that. Yeah, I would. I would fly somewhere and they'd be like, yeah, yeah, this is the same flight you're connecting with. Just stay on her. You're leaving in like an yeah. hour. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Crazy. Um, okay. Do so you second, know any Chinese yet? Oh, anything? Can you? Fang Jie Tiang. That's ketchup. I can ask for ketchup. <laughs> I want ketchup on my eggs in the, for breakfast. Fang Jie Tiang. That's all you've picked up. <laughs> That's the most important thing. Oh my God. Not going to China with you. you. Wow. Thank you. All right. Second story. Uh, second. Okay. So this is the story where I was scared for my life, my health, my kidneys, my, I don't know what, but I was probably the only time I've ever really been scared was, and I know now because of this situation, I know how I act if I'm really scared. Like I don't panic. Like I get very science mode, but let's get into that. So this, I had a connecting flight again, domestic in China. And this, I flew to, I can't remember now which city, but Shanghai or Beijing, one of the big ones, because they then had a direct flight to Finland. But the problem was I arrived at something ridiculous, like 1am and my next flight was 7am or something like this. So there was a few hours to kill. And it was really hot and humid and inside the airport too. And it had been a long day and I was super tired, super uncomfortable. I was thinking I have to get to a hotel, get a shower, get some rest and then go on this long flight home. I don't, I just, I won't survive if I have to stay in this airport overnight. I need to go somewhere. So I walk outside. It's like dead. The, everything's pretty much dead at this point at the airport, even though it's a big one. Walk outside, a few people around. I see like some taxis or something. Someone runs up, hey, you need a taxi to a hotel? I said, yeah, need need a taxi. So, but it's not one of those taxis right there. He like waves to someone or calls someone, I can't remember. And then a van drives up. So at, I look at the van, there's like no markings on the van. Like, it's just like a civilian van. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's let's get in this van. <laughs> yeah, and then I look yeah, at the guy not? and it's like, the guy isn't really like, he doesn't look like legit that he's working at the airport kind of guy. So I'm, I'm sort of second guessing this whole scenario and situation. But 
he actually convinced me to go. Like he's like, yeah, it's just that ho-, like pointed to a hotel, like that hotel, and I'm just like fuck it. So I just go. So then, <laughs> then I end up being that. There were other people in there, but when I get in I, and I go, I, I'm not worried at at this point. I'm like, oh, it's that hotel. We're going to that hotel. Fine, whatever. It just looked a bit sketchy. So then we're driving and the car just drives past the hotel. Like we didn't turn to that hotel, the T-shirt. I'm like, hey, where are we going? <laughs> this, he's just like, oh, don't worry, don't worry or whatever. And then I look and none of the other people have any luggage and they're all men. And they're all look Chinese. So I'm like, okay, so I'm in this like civilian looking van at 1 a.m. With a guy that said that we, he would take me to this hotel, which he has now driven past. <laughs> okay, yeah, so where are these five guys? Five guys with no like, luggage. Yeah, I'm the only guy with luggage now at this point. And then we, t- we turn off the road onto some like back road. So I'm like, right. I'm going to fucking call my manufacturer right here. So I I literally called him just to say where I was, like what was happening. Or did I call and then text it? I can't remember. I think I just called him and said like what was happening. And I'm like, I'll call you back if everything's okay here in like a few minutes. Because I, I really didn't know what was going to happen. And China is a crazy pl- place. You know, all kinds of crazy shit happens in China. I wouldn't expect it to just be like that place and someone gets picked up at an airport. But yeah, there is some ridiculous stuff that happens over there. So we are at this point, we are driving like some. What I what I can just explain as like a. Like a super poor rundown area back road. It doesn't look like we're heading anywhere good. Let's put it that way. And I'm thinking like, what do I have in my possession that if I need to fight these guys off or something like escape or something like, what do I have? I'm trying to yeah, think. A USB like, cable. What, yeah, like a USB cable. Like that's not going to be like, what can I use as a weapon? That's where I am at this point. And we drove for something like 15 minutes. <laughs> The further, the deeper we went, the more I was wondering and thinking like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? And then lo and behold, we turn a corner and the van stops and I look and there, there's a hotel. They actually took me to a hotel. So they must have had some ridiculous deal with this hotel because I don't think too many international travelers have had seen this hotel. I mean, it was run down. <laughs> Let's just say like the door didn't even function on my room. Like I couldn't close the door properly on my room. There's no way to lock it either. I'm like, how am I going to take a shower here? There was a shower. There was actually warm water, which is crazy. So I just like propped up a chair uh, <laughs> to keep the door closed and took a shower. And then I'm like, there's no way I can sleep here. I'm just going to get the hell out of here. So then I got a taxi and went back to the airport. What an but idiot yeah. you are. You ain't yeah, got a shower. That, that's the only time I can recall that I've actually been. Oh man, sleeping really, in like, airports really is. I I've had some long, long ass fucking um, layovers in airports, man. I try not to do it anymore. But you yeah, go crazy inside that. those damn airports. I hate twelve over long, twelve hour long layovers and stuff, man. Oh my gosh, it's forever. 
Yeah. Oh, dear. it could have been an interesting situation if they did like steal all my belongings and just left me somewhere in some back alley. Like, wow, that could have been fun. <laughs> no wallet, no passport, no ticket. <laughs> they oh, just man. think you're that dude from the Taliban, man. Yeah. He's point. here. They just leave yeah, you so naked with your glasses on. <laughs> Yeah, Joseph, I don't know if I would have done that one. I'd have been like, Joseph, uh, we better stay in this airport. Yeah, I was tired. Yeah, well, lack of judgment, too. It turned out to not be so bad. Can't say I haven't been in some sketchy sketchy situations where I think my life is going to end. I remember one time, oh, my poor buddy Gabby from her, when the cops can't take the big bikes from us, we had, like, crotch rockets. My buddy's crotch rock, rock, rockets. So we came back from riding one evening they're all outside my internet cafe and they just pulled all these big M16 on us. And I just went ape shit on them. Like, here we got M16s and shit pointed at me. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And they're like, what do you mean? Why are you in school? I said, no, I'm like, why are you coming? Like, they wanted money. They shook us down for money. They actually took the bikes and I followed them in my car. We went up some dark, dark alley and my buddy Gabby, he's Dominican, he started. He was crying. We're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. So what are you talking about? Keenan, don't drive up her. Don't drive up her. I was like, fuck it, man. If we're going to die, we're going to die. But these guys ain't stealing these bikes without a fight. You would think I had a whole armory. I had a tire iron in the back. These guys had guns. Yeah, we ended up paying to get them back. Crazy stuff, man. You know what At else? First, I when I went to, to Mexico to the Nationals, uh-huh. The first night we went, uh, first night we were there, we went out to get some food and drinks and <laughs> on the way home, we were stopped by some, I don't know, police checkpoint, but it was like a very shady, very big guns and very black clothing police checkpoint that just wanted some money. Yeah. Yeah. I know all about that. Know all about that. All right. Well, you, you know what? That's actually funny. A funny story. I... Oh, and uh, how could I forget? And we, when we, when we did that, we had Jeremy Courts in the car. <laughs> in China? No, in Mexico. When they stopped. Oh, us. in Mexico. So they like open oh. all the doors. They look at me, just some nerd, not in a field <laughs> this time. No, no worries. Then they open the door. Jeremy's side, and he's all like <laughs> talking shit, all tattooed up. He's like, yeah, fuck. <laughs> this is gonna be an issue. <laughs> oh, he had to get out of the car. It's like getting I stopped believe. by Border Patrol with me on the 20. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you know what, man? Let's let's go into our rant. Thank you for those stories. Um, we'll just go right into the rant here. And uh, do you have a rant for us this week, Joseph? I kind of have one. Let's talk about okay. it. Okay. You have one this week. I have a slight one. Let's go to the JQ Racing Rant. We are now at that point of the show where you should fasten those seatbelts and put your big boy pants on. Whoa. Things are about to get serious. It's time for the JQ Racing Rant. Oh, it's that time of the podcast, everybody. It's time for the JQ Racing Rant. It's time to put on those big boy panties or big girl panties. And if you got children and you... Don't want to listen to more cursing that we did already on this part of, in this podcast this week. And uh, I will put them inside. And uh, t- 
time to uh, start talking some RC politics and whatever's going on in RC and what we think is absolute bullshit. So, Joseph, do you have a rant this week? I have a small rant, something that kind of triggered me today. Go ahead. Um, hold on. I need a drink of water. I'm getting a little bit parched. My rant is about support. I want to know what people think support is when it comes to RC cars. What is support? What do you consider support, Joseph? Um, I would be happy if I was a racer, I would be happy if I got free stuff and got sent to races, travel was paid for, that would be perfect. That would be great support. If I was paid, I had a salary, that would be even better support. I don't need anyone to hold my hand or my PP when I pee. (laughs) I'll do that on my own. Yeah. Just give me, give me the money and leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. That would be the support I would want. Nah, okay. actually, Nitro, you know what? I could have some more support. I could have someone uh, go with me and pit pit for me at Nitro races. Blow off my car and that kind of stuff. That would be a really good support. Yeah, so like a, a mechanic. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would help you out a lot. I think a mechanic for you will help you out, so you, free you up so you can go help others <clears throat> at races. But so somebody threw this at me a couple of days ago. We wish we had more for Jakey Racing, more support. This is something I get all the time. We, uh, needs more support. Uh, you know what? I, I 100% agree with you. We definitely need more support. But the only way to garner more support is to have more people running the cars, correct? So I love it when people compare, oh, uh, at this race, there was AE had all these people. And, and I was like, yeah, I don't know. AE has a bigger budget and they can afford to fly Richard Saxon and Spencer Rivkin and these guys to these races and race with you guys. And they race 10 scale and they have, you know, they have all of this stuff and you know, it's a popular car. So when you go to a race, there's always going to be somebody who uh, has an AE or a group of guys. So you're always going to have some sort of support and that that's that way. I understand. I've had people complain. Like I went to a race. It was only me and my other buddy. We're the only JQ guys there. I was a little bit down because I didn't have, you know, I didn't have nobody to help out bounce ideas off. I get that too. Then I have guys who have JQ cars, the only JQ car in that area. He says, I read the guide. I follow the instructions from the guide. My car is good, better than I am a driver. It's so many different things I hear on a daily basis. But my thing about support, what is support? I would love to have 50 or more drivers in every strong region of eight scale racing in North America, in the world. But unfortunately that doesn't happen like that. So when you go to some obscure region that may have 25 plus AE drivers, 10, 15 Mugen drivers, you know, just like five, six, 10, eight uh, techno drivers. And then there's two JQ drivers. I'm sorry. That's all the support that we have for that area. Unfortunately, I can't do anything more. I, that's why I kind of want to have reps. And if they can go to races, then they can go and, or, you know, they can organize people. Or that's why we're, well, not me, because I don't do 
So don't come to me for setup support because I'm not, I'm, that's not my thing. But I just want to know what people want as support. Like what does people, I had one guy get mad at me because I didn't go up on the driver's stand and coach him how to race once at a big race. I'm like, I'm not going up on the driver's stand and telling, like, I'm not, I mean, I don't even like to talk to people much when they're racing, like coming from you, like I, you know, you've fucked me off or whatever. I just don't know what people expect when, I think everybody has a different expectation of support. But if you got, oh, if you're in an area and um, uh, like one car is the popular car in that area, it's unfair to compare other companies to that. And that's why I try to tell people, I said, yeah, JQ is small. Like, you don't understand what I mean by it's a small company. Like, what support do you want? Like, I don't, I don't know what people want. Like, what do they think that they're going to get on the team and somebody's going to coach them to be faster and go through their, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So, I don't know. I guess to the listeners, what is your version of support? If you was on a team, what would you expect support wise? You know, if you're on a smaller team, you know, you just ain't going to be in a, I guess also for me, I find in America, everybody's like, well, parts, man, I want to buy parts. I'm going to parts in my local hobby shop. Well, then get your local hobby shop carrying this car and this parts gladly. But the problem is if that these same people who say they buy from the local hobby shop are the same people who will go online and buy that from dollar hobbies or some other shop. For a dollar less and pay or pay one ninety nine shipping from from A Main. You got what I'm saying? So yeah, you say there's no part support, but then you don't support the hobby shop in there when you have a part because you could get it two bucks cheaper. Ah, right, so we're we're just fucking RC dudes and we fucking excuse me. We're like in a beer trap or a wolf trap and we're gnawing off our paw to get out. Fuck it. We'll be one poor less, but still we'll live somewhat of a comfortable life for the next year before we die a starving death and vultures and other creatures eat our rotten Karen of a carcass. And then you really care about exist. this, uh, this topic, don't you? I don't know. I just kind of went overboard close to home or something. So I just don't understand. Like, no, nobody's pissed me off. I just wanted to know what support is like, what is considered support? What is considered like, like what is like, this has been an interesting week in RC for us. You triggered somebody to where they left the team for something that I don't even think was even worth being so triggered over. I just kind of over, like, I think like this week away from everything, well, I'm kind of been away from what's going on in the real world and Facebook and all that stuff and all that stuff. It was good. Like, I don't really want to know what was going on. I like RC drama at tracks with like things with Drake and all that type of stuff. But all these people like jumping some, I, uh, somebody getting triggered over something that if I got mad at everything that I saw on Facebook that I saw people post, I would be mad at the whole world all day long. Anyway. What is support, Joseph? What do people mean by support? Is it, hey, I can just go get any part I want? Well, maybe talk to your hobby shop. Or I come from a place, look, I live on an island, dude. I've always had to have two of everything or more. So for me, carrying extra parts is not a big thing. You live in America. You can get stuff literally in two days. 
Like, I think you people, think... when they say that, they just mean that there are other people running the same product. They're, all the parts are there. They can just go walk up to someone and bomb a part from them. You know, hey, do you have this? And then they get like, get it. <laughs> you know, like, that's what they yeah. probably mean. Like someone else can help them fix their car and unfuck it. That, that's just cool, that which I understand. Like, that's what I think which I understand. Mean. Yeah, but you got at some point you got to learn to not do all that stuff too and have your car ready. Yeah. Like but you said, a lot of the times is. yeah, or maybe they should just get free stuff. I don't know. I don't know what the, the Well, some mean that, is. I think, but I think yeah, some some like on a personal level, they think okay, they should have a better deal or something like that. But I think generally it's like in that moment when they are racing, they want to be able to walk up to someone and just ask, hey, do you have this part? It, I broke mine. And then they get it. Probably free. There's no, nothing wrong with that. And then, I mean, uh, it's nothing wrong with that. At the track, they can just ask someone, hey, what oil do, you, do I put in my shocks? And someone just tells them and then they do that. Like, that's what I think people mean. Okay. I can see that, but that's just not how... Like, it's impossible. Like, all right, I get it. If you there's more, like, if this certain company has more, obviously more drivers, there's make it more people to help out. But in order for other companies to have more people to actually have to be around and stick around and do that. So when you come, there's not enough support. Well, you leaving doesn't offer any support either. I don't know. I just, just something I saw this week, and I was just trying to think, like, what do you mean by support? Because... Some people's version of support might be, I need somebody to coach me up on the driver's stand when I drive. And you know what? If you tell that to me, if you say that to me, and I go down and I pitch you and I've got a headset on you, I will coach you. It might not be beneficial coaching, but you'll be talking. Well, Ed, you would have to listen. And, you know, you know what happens when you don't listen to Keenan. You suck. Didn't you have a rant? No, I can't no, remember. No rant this week? You not, ranted not quite a bit week. in the beginning. Yeah. You ranted quite a bit in the beginning. I'll rant next beginning. week. Yeah, well, we need a we need a, um, a listener rant. So if you have a rant, shoot me a DM or shoot me an email at the no name RCPC at gmail.com. Thank you to everybody that was involved in this podcast. Thank you to Paul Coleman. It was really good to catch up and talk to Paul. It's been... A long time since I've talked to my good buddy. All I got to say is Bermuda 2, I'm USA 0, or 1. I'll give you 1. He knows it's a private joke. Uh, thank you for tuning in. It's good to see him coming back and doing some fifth-scale stuff. Thank you to all of the uh, NNRC squad around the world. I appreciate all you guys tuning in, sharing, liking. I appreciate it. Without you guys, none of this is possible. Shout-out to our patrons on Patreon. You guys did get early release of the Paul Coleman interview last week. Uh, I appreciate you guys' support. I'm trying to do more things for you guys, and I appreciate some people just want to support the podcast. If you want to do that, you can follow the links in the written descriptions. Thank you to our patrons. Um, Joseph, shout out to all the awesome companies that support us. If you're a company or race or you think this is a great platform for your company, to advertise, then hit us up because we're always looking to help out your uh, small RC businesses, small, big. We got to tear 
uh, advertising there that will work for you. So hit us up at the No Name RCPC, DM me, and we'll figure out something. I got numbers for you. So races too. If you want to advertise your race, advertise her. Shout out to the awesome companies that do support us. They are RCMX Online, Techno RC, Beach RC, JQ Racing, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, Manscaped.com, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Rob's Oil. Our honorary sponsors are Wally Builds and, of course, JQ Threads. Joseph, would you like to shout out and say thank you to anybody before we sign off this week? Uh, thank you to all the listeners and uh, all the patrons who helped to pay left his ridiculously large salary. Yeah, it's not that large, people. So it's not all on my shoulders. Yeah, so I, really I appreciate, appreciate that too. Support. Yeah, um, Patreon, man, it's a beautiful thing. It helps out a lot. My Patreon helps me ex a lot, you know, so... You guys want to go in and be a patron just go ahead every little bit helps and yeah joseph i guess that's it man um we gotta do uh i think you know what just on that note if if we want to see like good sort of media in the rc industry again kind of like we spoke about i think on the last podcast how neobuggy isn't really a thing anymore but mm -hmm. when neobuggy was in its heyday it was really valuable and good for the industry it made races bigger. It promoted the brands that attended races and had good drivers and stuff like it. You got good exposure thanks to Neobuggy. Red RC, same thing, you know, with all their race coverage. And now both those websites are, I mean, they're still there, but they're just sort of empty shells compared to what they used to be. If we, I think if we are to get that back i don't see another way of than it being some sort of sort of like crowdfunded users readers fans sort of fund it otherwise i don't see how it can work you know it's funny you should talk about that um because zach ryan and i uh, i read his he's got another blog coming out here soon too from his blog that i posted a a few weeks ago and he was talking about the media thing i know we're supposed to be signing off her but i kind of forgot to touch on this um go to the no name what is it the, our website joseph for the podcast page the no name rc podcast yeah that's our website we're starting to put some more work into that and i want that to be unbiased so zach's gonna start putting his blog up there i really enjoyed your blogs joseph excuse me excuse me uh, something caught up in my chest there. I really employ, en enjoyed your blogs. I wish you would bring them back. You don't have to do one a day, one a month, two a month. That's great. If you're a blogger and you want to be, if you want to be unbiased and talk about things in RC, then like I'm thinking about putting all these different blogs up on that page. I'm even one for myself that I might do once a month. So I kind of want this to be a place where people can go read different blogs from people in RC. And get ideas from around the world. That's why I like the idea of maybe Zach doing one, you doing one, I'll do one, whoever wants to do one, you know, and then we and people can read them there. So we got somebody working on that website to go check it out. And uh keep following us on Facebook and Insta, man. We're gonna have some watch the space. We're gonna be doing some good things here. Especially with the uh 
IFSM. I said that right, right? Yep. International Federation of Scale Motorsports. All right, everybody. Um, this will be dropping on Wednesday, hump day. Enjoy the next couple of days of your week. It is the weekend, wherever you guys are traveling to this weekend. Be safe in your travels. Send it with responsibility. Please like and share this podcast. Uh, shout out to my boy, Paul, if you know him. It's good to hear. Like I said, very good to hear him from him again. And hey, just um, one love from Lefty. You know, the world's kind of crazy right now. Love is uh, <clears throat> love is natural. Hate is taught. If you ain't grinding, you're sliding. Nitro is the glory. E-Buggy pays the bills. And remember, hard work beats talent. When talent doesn't work hard, thank you to everybody that supports us. We cannot do without you. It's good to be back, and I look forward to bringing more content. While Joseph and I, whoever is involved with us, bringing more content to all of you guys, the awesome NNRC listeners. All right, Joseph, see you later. Lefty out. See ya. Thank you for listening to the No Name RC Podcast. We greatly appreciate all the support and love from you, the listeners. Without all of you, none of this is possible. Special thanks to our patrons on Patreon. If you wish to support the podcast further, you can at patreon.com forward slash NNRC Podcast. As a patron, you will receive early releases, special content, and patron-only giveaways. Also, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, www.nnrcpodcast.com. Remember, Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. If you aren't having fun, it doesn't make sense. And if you ain't grinding, you're sliding lefty out. Nitro is the glory, Nitro is the glory, Nitro is the glory.